previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. I do always look before I cross the street, so I'm kind of like, how did I not see an SUV there? How'd she not see me? Like, how did this happen? From Delaware, almost live, this is a Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Refuge Podcast, the show where guests share their connection with sports. And as always, I'm your host, Earl Holland. When good friends get together, there's always good conversation to be had. And that's no different than when I reconnected with high school classmates Thomas Banks, Christian Blake, and Corey Colick to discuss more of our unpopular opinions on R&B music, including our favorite and least favorite artists. But sometimes the best laid plans can go astray as the talk focused less on music and more about some of the most recent revelations in our lives, including the announcement of Thomas's daughter and my daughter when their genders were still unknown and the discussion regarding what we as men and fathers need to do to protect our daughters. We'll also discuss our musical pursuits, including Christian stories about auditioning for the shows X Factor and The Voice. And now it's time to take a listen to volume two of the R&B mixtape. With me previously from one of our earlier episodes, the R&B mixtape, this is volume two. Christian Blake, Thomas Banks, and then Corey Collick. How are you guys been doing? Doing great, man. Doing good, great. Man. Good, 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 good. Trying to stay cool in this heat. The summertime is just, I don't know, this, I honestly can say I sometimes don't get the appeal of summer, especially going to the beach. What, what, what are we going to tan or something? I mean, that, you know, honestly, are we going to tan anymore? I mean, you know, <laughs> Me you know how many people kill for our skin tones, yet all of a sudden they start getting followed in swords and they change their mind. Yeah, that's the truth, man. They, uh, they be all good until the cops start pulling them over. <laughs> it's like, uh, what is it, uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. All of a sudden you want to be like B-Rad and then all of a sudden. Yeah. You figure it out. Now you don't want to be like B-Rad. It huh? takes a lot of strength to walk into our picnic table. We are uh, honored to be the way we are. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. yeah. So. Uh, combining a little bit of Donald Glover with uh, uh, Paul Mooney. Everybody wants to be a vampire, but don't want to be a vampire. So Hey, that's the truth, bro. Hey, so true. Hey, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be anything other than being black. That's, that's just what I feel. That's what's being, up. being black is like yeah, the best thing in the world. You I mean you're like a superhero to some people that they don't think you're real. I'm gonna tell you this story. It's an interesting story, and it made me think about that as soon as you said that, Christian. When I was doing the sports shepherd thing five years ago, there was this black guy who had his son. He wanted after it was like probably one of like win number five or six or whatever. It was that the last day I was there. And the guy just like wanted me to take a picture with his son and just take a picture. It was like, this is an example, you know, it's like this is an example. What you're doing is is a great feat, and it's something like I can only remember the words specifically, but it did sort of it got me. And I'm like, I can't believe it that I'm actually something to aspire to. to you. Yeah, you don't really think about it, and it's like it was a cool thing. So that experience, you just it has its burdens, but every experience has burdens. Like I said, we we know we will never know what it's like to be a woman. We will never know what it's like to be a black woman. We will never know what it's like to be Hispanic. We will never know what it's like. Those are things we'll never walk in. We can only walk our path. And the best thing we can do is just try to set an example. Amen. I don't know, though, Earl. Nowadays, they got all the devices to change your sexuality <laughs> and all this stuff. So you, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy now what we can do, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, some people just be like Rachel Dozio and just like, you know, they identify as black. But, you know, that's a whole but, different story. But look what happened to Sammy Sosa, man. Sammy went from looking 
Yo, he looks like a ghost. <laughs> when, I, when I see Sammy, I was like, what is he doing? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Here? So we were, I was watching, first of all, Sammy Sosa now looks like Al Capone. He looks like Al Capone. <laughs> if you see, only, he's a bowler hat away from looking like Al Capone. And here's the funny thing. And then there was a story uh, a few years ago when he was just getting married again. And it's on MLB Network. And Harold Reynolds is sitting there. And he's like, man, Sammy, what happened to you? You used to be darker than I was. What happened? On live TV, and his co-host uh, is sort of like, you know, uh, be honest, a white guy, and he's like, I, he doesn't know how to respond to it, and it's like, I'm laughing because Harold Reynolds is, <laughs> you've seen Harold Reynolds on, yeah. on ESP and all that. Yeah. Yes, and and like I said, and, and, and just the whole fact that he was just saying that out and out, and he was saying what everybody else probably was thinking, that was perfect. I mean, of course, yeah. he's a walking HR offense when it comes to everything else at, at his job, yeah. but Harold Reynolds was right on that one. Self-hate is really It is. Sam and Sosa face looked like when uh, on Dark Man, when his time was running out and the mask started bullying off his face. Sam and Sosa look a mess, man. <laughs> you know, if he's happy with it, unless he's got vitiligo or something. And- he, got that, he got that Michael Jackson Little Kim look now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. Like, when they go through these enhancements, man, it's supposed to make you look, you know, better than – you what you are before but if you look at it it goes to show you man like you are meant to be who you're supposed to be man. correct you know what i'm saying like you try to change stuff it doesn't look right like little kim i speak speaking of that man you know self oh little kim it was beautiful the way she was she was yes. Bro, I, yes. there was nothing wrong with her I you know what i'm saying one percent like yeah, but now look at her, man. She looked like you know, what I mean, I blew up doll. Just like you know, yes, yeah. It's a shame, man. Especially it floats around in the you know the black community, because a long time like, ago we was ta- taught like, self hate. You know, it's what the dozen the dozen games yeah. come back and haunt you. Everybody talking about somebody's so dark or somebody's ear so big, somebody's nose so big. Those things will come back and haunt you, and unfortunately, that is something that tends to it tends to linger, and you, people may not think it does but it really does i mean i feel like those people they're not comfortable with their own skin they're not comfortable with who they really are like tom said um they try to impress or try to make others happy because they're not happy with themselves um maybe something they went through in life maybe something they're experiencing now we don't know but i would never change my skin complexion for anybody i never would i'm literally black I'm a black dad. I'm a black father. I'm a black husband. I'm a black. I'm a black man. At the end of the day, whether I'm black, Spanish, anything, I'm not changing who I am. I'm representing who I am. Because every day I got to walk down that street, and no matter what anybody says, I change about me. They're still gonna know me as what a black man. And not only that, like what do you tell your children? Like when they see old pictures of you, like daddy, yeah, yeah you. <laughs> they see you as this, you know, ghost of a person. They see you, know, you 20 years ago. You're like, how do you explain to your child that I did all this to myself? You know what I mean? Because yeah, Sammy, you, you know, he was, he was, he was Carmel. Same thing with little Kim. She had that, you know, that brown skin complexion. A prime example of that to me is like Jay and Nas. Look how, what he used to rap about, what he used to talk about, stuff like that. They got older. They got wiser. They got more intelligent on things. And now look at their their wealth. Now look at their children growing up, and they're more in their lives than ever. So being black doesn't just mean being black. It means being a part of, of something that's growing. 
That's what it means. But also, too, Sammy comes from a different culture. Like, he's not African-American. No, he's not. He's right. like, you know, he's, you know, he, he's, was it, what is he, Tom Cuban? He's from the Dominican Republic. It, it's funny. And you think about it, that's an island where you got two different forms of black. On the left I mean, side I, of Hispaniola, I mean, you got Haiti. I was my <laughs> visiting the DR, but, you know. You know, and you know me. I love baseball. watch baseball all the time. Poor, like you said, look at the Puerto Rican player and Cuban player. Look at most of the Hispanic players. They can range from like you look at Puerto Rico. There's mm-hmm. some guys who like Edgar Martinez who are light skinned. Then you look at Roberto Alomar, and then you look at Carlos Delgado. <clears throat> That's three different. Those guys are all Puerto Rican, and they're three different shades there. But then you look at Val Guerrero. Yeah, they have Dominican. Dominican, Dominican. Yeah. Pedro Martinez, Dominican. Pedro Mar- the Jericho right there was pretty much the giveaway that he was. Right. <laughs> Here's my thing about Pedro. Okay, because he changed a little bit too. Just, just keep it real. Uh, that's a weight gain. That weight gain is what changed Pedro. Yeah, but I never understood why he said Yankees are my daddy. I didn't understand that because they were that, it's year. that that one game, that <laughs> one game said, that year we were. Did he get a ring? No, he got yeah. They they won in 04. They, yeah, they, they won, won in 04. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, Red Sox won in 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that doesn't exist in life. I put it like this. You heard about when Adam Jones, well, Adam Jones has had several things happen to him. First of all, in San Francisco, when the Orioles were playing there, somebody threw a banana at him out on the field. And this is like 2000, uh, 2008, 2009. And watching the games all the time when I heard about that, and then the, the BS excuse that the guy used for saying that he just threw the banana. It was a stupid reason. And then the Boston stuff. And then seeing Kurt Schilling trying to basically dismiss him just because of his batting music, his interesting music, is ridiculous. And I always thought this guy's basically survived mouth cancer, and they took Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn probably would have been better off, a better life used, and then instead of Kurt Schilling, because in all honesty, so here's Kurt my, Schilling's here's, a garbage person. So, so here's my question. Here's my question. Will Barry Bonds ever get in the Hall of Fame? Will Pete Rose ever get in the Hall of Fame? No. And 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 and. Well, Mark and Sammy ever get in the Hall of Fame. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, Pete Rose, he should get in as a player. Nothing else. There was no proof that he bet as a player. Now, as a manager, he shouldn't be involved. All the other stuff, gambling. He knew what he was getting into, uh, betting. There was a rule saying you don't bet on baseball. He bet on his team as a manager. And when you don't bet, you're basically oh. betting against your team. Okay, But, but it's not like Michael Jordan and, and, and Barkley gambling. Guess what? There's no rule. If there was a rule saying you don't bet on certain things, no betting at all, then but, that would be different. But here's my thing. is betting now, for example. And maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking differently. But my thing is this. We cannot keep holding on to things that happened in the past tense because we never grow from that. Prime example, an athlete does something wrong. Are we going to hold it over that one player's head the rest of his life? Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Because R. Kelly been pissing on kids for a long time. Now, I don't remember that. Now, I don't, you know the dude from, like I said last time, the dude from Jeepers Creepers, he did child pornography. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a thing that goes, do you punish the, the product or do you punish the man that made the product? You know what I mean? Unfortunately, Correct. you know, that happens, man, where it's going to suffer. So, I mean... Even with the R. Kelly thing, you know, like, I mean, I think people inside their own dwellings, like home and stuff, they may be kind of easing up on them. You know, it's not like how it was when you, like, 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, man, you listen to R. Kelly. You, you know, you're stupid. You're crazy. Now, I think, I kind of think it's not gone away, but in the public's perception, they have taken the cuffs off and kind of said, okay, I listen to him, I listen to him. I mean, I don't want to like him. But it was a point where you didn't listen to him at all, and you didn't like him. Now I think I mean, if you I, listen, and you still don't like him. You know, I still, I, music. I still listen to certain songs 
R. Kelly because I mean I, I was yeah. a big fan. I was R. Kelly, the goat man. I can't get past the honey love. Definitely twelve. Play. I'm sorry, y'all, y'all. Yeah, you, know? you can't I mean, knock the music, man. I mean, the, the music, music is good. the talent is there, but my thing is, look at Chuck Berry. But he still made it a Hall of Fame. No, no, no. Hold on. Let's 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 be real. Let's be real. I'm listening. Let's be real. Other artists who got Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy was singing the men. Right. Uh, Can I say this? Here's a question. Why is it that we always make fun of Teddy, but there's always been rumors about Luther and Luther's a nice man. Boys, me personally, I'm not gonna knock somebody's talent. That's something God gave them. Let's be real. Everybody can't sing. Everybody can't dance. Everybody can't perform. Everybody can't do that. Now, his activities, I don't approve. But his music, I'm not going to knock the talent that he put out because, let's be real, a lot of us were made off that music. Teddy see, that's the difference. My mom loves some Teddy Pendergrass. That's different between Teddy, Luther, and Marvin, who was, you know, dipped back and forth, and R. Kelly. Yeah. What they were doing, that was just their personal life. Yeah. So really, same with George Michael. Really... They weren't hurt nobody. That was just a personal life. Oh, what R. Kelly was doing was, was, was hurting Donnie McClurkin. Donnie McClurkin. Elvis. Donnie Let's McClurkin be honest. Elvis married a 15-year-old. Let's take Teddy and Luther out of those guys. Because what those guys were doing was against the law, pornography stuff. What Teddy and Luther may have been doing was just their personal thing. They, they may have been bisexual. Nothing wrong with that. What Chuck Berry and R. Kelly and, and Great Ball of oh, Oh, I'll guarantee say Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry but, Lee Lewis. The, the weird thing is that whole thing with the Chuck Berry, that law was basically racially biased. A man law. If you took any woman over the state line for the use of sex, it doesn't matter if they were an adult. I mean, I'm not going to get into this R. Kelly thing about what is, is. But I'm just saying, I don't know the whole thing because normally I'd go down a Wikipedia wormhole about Chuck Berry or other people, but I've never done that. So I don't know if they were of age, if they were underage. That's some serious stuff with, again, along the lines of R. Kelly, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna knock their music. I mean, like I said, their music is classic, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, hands down. Yeah, we know what went on now, but the music was there, man. The talent. I mean, you, you think I, about. I think for our generation, it's hard because this R. Like, Kelly was the the composer to our generation. You can't separate what we're talking about from '91 to 2015. You know, everything. So it's it's hard for us because it's like, yo, that's my childhood right there. Like, you know, 12play, tp2.com, R, uh, what was the other one? Uh, with, uh, happy with people. Ha- I mean, happy, happy people. people. Yeah. Yeah. I like factory. Yeah. That was, that was our childhood. It's equivalent to like, you can't walk into it. Like, you cannot like, not like go to Walmart. Like everybody goes to Walmart, bro. you know what I'm saying? But like how we grew up on, there was McDonald's. Everybody yeah. eventually get a what? I'm gonna get me some chicken nuggets. I'm gonna yeah. listen to some R. Kelly because yeah. you know what? He he's one of the um, you know, the pioneers, man, for us. Correct. Correct. That was our yeah. childhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that boys, the men, like all them, like you know what I mean? Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you know, like it, that's just like if John B. I saw John B. Five, I found out John B. was a racist. And I'm like, damn, man, this whole time I've been listening to John B. And this yeah. dude actually don't like black people. 
He'd be a culture vulture. Like there have been, there are plenty of other culture vultures that have occurred. We were talking about the last time. We we're talking about Timberlake. We were talking about Sam Smith because. Oh my god, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Those two. Yo, yo, I yo. told you. I, I told you, Sam Smith. Some people want to be the culture just so they can make a buck and then transition to something else. I ain't heard nothing from Sam Smith lately. Here's my question: We accept certain people, but we know their lifestyle to an extent. Like, for example, we know most rappers were drug dealers. Most rappers were stealing, robbing people like DMX, prime example. DMX, whole life, he's been robbing people. But guess what? We love his music. Do we judge him? Yeah, no. but I think some of that stuff is a little fabricated, man, because a lot of intelligence, like Mob Deep and them, they went to like a um, performing arts school. Correct. My sister-in-law went to school with Prodigy. Like, she knows Prodigy, like, when, when he was living. She knew all of them. She went to school with Cheeks. She knows Mr. Cheeks. Like, she knows them. She grew up in the same school with him, everything. She knows him. She's from Jamaica Queen. My sister-in-law from Jamaica Queen. She but knows him. Like, but see, that, 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 but see, that's the thing, though. Like, like kind of what you're saying, Corey, and also to what you're saying, too, Tom. Like, why is it that even though LL, Mob Deep, didn't get live like they're the rapping about, why is it that the street cred thing allowed them to be possible? So it goes to kind of what both of you guys are saying. Like, street cred does lend itself to you selling records. Right. Even though a lot of these guys weren't doing what they rapped about. You know right. what I mean? Right. But it's so, so there was some truth in, you know, to it. Like, you know, Pac wasn't, you know, so, you know, this, you know, just down this I thug, mean, thug, thug guy. Pop, you know what I'm saying? Pop went, Pop went to jail for the whole rape thing. Supposedly. Yeah, but he was, that would make him a thug. I mean, that makes him, you know, dumb and stupid. Right. You know, but like. The little girl got shot and then that was also another thing. Then, so it's like, you know, street cred does lend to you selling records in the in, in the hip hop uh genre. So you're right, it does lend to you being a better in the public eye. You know, all these kids now, you know, uh Soldier Boy and all them all these cats, you know, they throwing up game signs, power rule, blood, crip. Half of me mad, but it sells records. DJ Quick, he's a blood, right? And, and blood, guess I what? Yeah, because you that's why there's no C in his name. Let's use Snoop, for example. I look at that picture, the picture of him and Martha Stewart. Only one person in this photo is a convicted felon, and it's not Snoop. <laughs> it's true. And like I said, even then, that's another example. Martha Stewart didn't do anything different than the guys at Enron or all those other things did. Imagine that Oprah did the same thing. She would have went to jail for a very long time. But no other dude who has done that before, you know, it's like them slapping the wrist. Because really, all I heard is you pay the money back and you promise you won't do it again. Well, There's no like, reason that she well, should have went to jail. Well, that's just like Diddy. Diddy's father was a kingpin in New York. Everybody knows that. But And Diddy was part of the drug game before that. His dad was a well-known kingpin. Well, like like I said, in hip-hop, street cred does lend itself to selling records, even though a lot of the guys, I believe a lot of them, don't really live the life like that they rap about. And, that's oh, the, no. and that goes to story, storytelling. Nas would always tell you that he's a storyteller. He didn't do all these things. He's just telling the stories about these things that went on. Selling a five-pound bag of weed does not make you a thug. It just makes you, I don't know what to call it. It makes you, yeah. it makes, yeah. it's, it's poor. You want to get out of the situation you're in. You think selling drugs yeah. is the way to do it. Yeah, but yeah. think about it, too. It don't mix. Like, the two don't mix. Like, my man Eddie Griffin said a long time ago, there's no such thing as a gangster rapper. No. <laughs> Most of the time, you're talking too damn much when you're a gangster rapper. So it don't make sense, you know what I mean? Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. To me, my favorite out of all of them, because Nipsey, you know, granted, he passed away probably way before his time, but, like, at least he was trying to, like, he was still there just like Big L. Like, you know what I'm saying? Big L was still in the streets or whatever. 
But, you know, at least he was trying to make a difference. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, sometimes your deeds catch up to you, man. You don't know what he's done. You know what I mean? You never know, like, in the camera, like, oh, man, he's doing this, he's doing that. But you don't know what somebody's doing in their personal life. I heard the Nipsey, it was something stupid that wasn't even drug-related. It was just some dude who was mad about either not getting a job or over some some stupid thing involving his story. It wasn't even anything that altered anybody's lives or hurt anybody. It was just something stupid. That's And again, I, I'm definitely not caught up with a lot of R&B and rap today, but I know that was just the dumbest reason for somebody to get shot over something stupid that and impacted heard, anything. And I heard Nipsey gave him money. Like, help them out. Most killings are over things that really won't, you know, affect your life, you know, if you just keep on walking, you know what I mean? But yeah. people still do it. Pride is a very uh, strong thing because some people will do stuff just to say that you can't get over on me or, or things like that. And you know how many times how easy it is to be a man by just walking away from something instead of letting it escalate? I mean, and this stuff, no matter, we're 38 years old. Yeah, it doesn't uh, make you a coward. It does not make you a coward, bro. Yeah, it makes you smarter. You can live to see another day instead of living and then dying that same day. There's a difference. Because you'll yeah. be forgotten, bro. For yeah. real. We hold our loved ones dear to us. We're pretty average people. Now, if we were stars, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'd be remembered for like a couple of months. I mean, God rest Kobe Bryant. I mean, we all, you know, when he passed away, it, I, I remember it was like, Number one thing on the news, like for like, oh, man, yeah, for like weeks, and now look, everybody yeah. gets no offense. I mean, and, and that's recipes to Kobe and you know his daughter, but eventually people move on and right, they're like, right, you know what, right. yeah, Kobe was a great player, and now what? But see, the only thing I didn't like about the whole thing about the whole Kobe situation, and I understand it for the concept of the media, and I understand the concept of. Somebody just trying to get a, a paycheck to talk negative about him. It was like, oh, but he raped somebody. I'm like, okay, listen, you know, we don't know. I was in there in the room. I don't know what happened. I just think he had rough sex, bro. I think so, too. Then she couldn't handle the black mamba, she bro. Came, they said she worked in the hotel. She came to his room and was like, I'll do whatever. And I'm not trying to offend any woman who been watching this. My thing is, she came to his room told him you can do whatever he did it and then she turned around and said he raped me because that's, he got money man he has it's that the same as somebody who rapes you for real and takes advantage of you holds you ties you down hence r kelly bill cosby <laughs> let's that's we know this is gonna happen but see that's the thing when you have those situations that's why, you know, I'm of the I'm of the cloth, you simply suck in this situation. Because once you get in that room without the person, it's your word and her word. And, you know, and we all men, we all know that even if she comes in, she says she wants it, you about to do it. She says no, that's it. You know, we don't know that's what happened. That's the hard thing with Kobe. Even if she comes in that cry. room, even if she comes to that room and doesn't do nothing and just walks in and walks out, she still can say, he touched me. He raped me. He did this. He did that. Now it's a woman versus a man. And who they gonna believe? They're gonna believe the woman. I mean What what happened in that and in that case, buddy? What happened at the end of that? That did he get pay her off or what happened? I don't know. I don't remember the end of it. Well, I think there was a settlement, but even then uh, Kobe said that uh he may have misconstrued this something he thought was consensual, may okay, not have been. But, but even then, if things can change, and as as you hear, things can change in a heartbeat. Because somebody can say yes all the way but, through, and then say no, and then that's it. You know, but, you but, but, okay, you got to stop. 
but let's, 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 let's get on one player who's still playing professional ball who was known to rape four girls and pay them all was Ben Rossberg. But guess what? Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. It was a big thing when it happened, and everybody was like, oh, wow, Ben raped a girl, Ben raped four girls, and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, but that's white privilege, man. It is. It is. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in still history. He's going to get all the praise of Canton that you cry. And guess what? Ray Rice came and get a job in the NFL. But Ray Lewis is in the Hall of Fame. Let's be honest. Ray Lewis is in the Hall of Fame. Not That's everybody's gonna be true. like Aaron. Not everybody's gonna be like Aaron Hernandez and face I their mean, crime. Ray, but two people. Yeah. Well, Ray, uh, Aaron Ray, Hernandez, Ray. three people. Yeah, he, he yeah. Aaron Hernandez killed three people. And, yeah. and Ray Lewis. Either and looking like this. Either he killed them or he he knew what happened and, and hid the evidence. Because there's and, always the story of the missing white suit. And, Jamal, and Jamal, and Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Guess what? He he was a kingpin. He was selling drugs while he was playing in the field. Now, the Sam Hurd thing, now that was a huge drug thing because he was just, while playing with the Cowboys and things like that, there's a whole bunch of ridiculousness that, again, that's an example of we, as fans, allow professional athletes a pass when they do certain things. It doesn't matter. And there is that whole discussion that, you know, you can get in the whole white privilege discussion, and that could probably be true in certain circumstances in certain cases, but athlete privilege, celebrity privilege. Because think about this. If it was an average person of no matter whatever color and they did something and a celebrity did it the celebrity's getting off the celebrity's getting off it doesn't matter who they are it doesn't matter look at the girl from what full house and her daughter's going to to to, with georgetown or gw yeah i'm becky yeah and guess what she went to jail and then had the nerve to ask the judge can her her husband get out of jail to go to mexico for a business a business trip let me go to jail and ask the judge, can I go to, for a business trip? See what happens. Well, sir, you know, I'm, I'm trying to settle this deal. And I was wondering if I can get a, a privilege to go to Mexico for a weekend to close this deal. Can I can I get a privilege? They're going to tell me no. But she got approved to go to Mexico to approve her deal and then come back to the jail. I was lost. I don't think Bill Cosby can get uh, um, privilege to make another pudding pop commercial. The only thing that upsets me about that whole situation, seriously, is a couple of things. But for one, we got to look at the fact of this. I'm not saying this right. I'm not saying this right. So I don't want nobody to get offended. If you're watching this, I don't want you to get offended at all. But let's be real. During that time frame of the 60s and 70s, drugs was a major part of everything. Cocaine, weed. Second of all, let's. why is a underage girl at the Playboy Mansion. Third of all, Bill Cosby said that the girls came there and offered to do things to get where they were. But nobody looks at that. And I'm not saying this right, but everybody knows what, what you do at the Playboy Mansion. It ain't, it ain't you playing Scrabble, P-Knuckle, Spades, Backgammon, you yeah, ain't, you're a man, though, man. You you got morals. That, and and, 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 and morals. That's, that's my thing, Tom. My thing you is morals. you are the man. You, exactly. you have your own. So you know you cannot be putting yourself in exactly. that. You got morals, man. And, and if you know she's underage, 
and say, and, and but like you said, we, something do goes know, down. But the question is, do we know that he knew? Somebody? That's what I'm saying. You know who you are. You just can't put yourself in that state. Like everybody's on you, and and yes, everybody may be doing it, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. And so, like as you as a man, you got to be like, yo, like I know it's what goes on, but. We can't be doing that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I can't I mean, be doing but, that. You know what I'm But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I remember a couple of years ago, they did an interview with Magic Johnson, the whole team. Oh, like thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "I'm not condoning what I did in my action. What I'm, what I'm saying to is, look at the lifestyle I'm living." He said, "I go to a hotel. In that hotel, there could be a hundred women in the lobby. You're right. You're right. Out of that hundred women, fifty of them get upstairs to the elevator." Out of that 50, maybe 25 of them get up to the penthouse where I stay. Out of that 25, maybe five of them actually get Make it to the, the door or in the room yeah. already. I can never imagine it because we're like Tom said, we're normal. So we would never be in a situation where there are a hundred beautiful women who are rushing at us. And so, you know, it's hard to be like, yo. All y'all got to go. You know what I'm saying? That's hard. But on the other end, you don't want these kind of things. But you could Because you know, right. out of those 100, maybe 25 that are like, yo, if something goes down tonight, I'm going to the cops and I'm getting that money. You know what I mean? I have, like, my two girls. And I'm, I'm teaching them stuff young. Because I'm like, I got to start now compared to later. You know what I'm saying? Before the streets get them or, you know, Whatever, whatever. Yeah, you know what the streets get you. Correct. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, once you yeah. get a hold of your children, it's kind of hard to get them back. Male or female, yeah, yeah. Yeah, listen so, to that, buddy. You might be right. so, having to do this. Uh, bro. So I say that, when I say things, I look at it from both perspective of being a father and also being a human being. And probably being a father overwhelms that part. Probably, probably it's higher than the other part, the human part, because I have daughters. But at the same time, when my mental thought and thinking is higher than that, because I'm like, I got to stay educated on things. I got to look at it from both views. I got to look at it from the reality of the situation. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, like if Morgan came up to me when she's like, you know, 18 years old and she's like, you know, daddy, I want to wear this. And it's like showing everything. And, you know, she, when she's like, you know, well, I'm a woman, you know, I should be able to wear this. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell her, you know what? And some world, that might be okay. <laughs> but you as my daughter, you going out like that, I know that some dude may come and try you. And you're right. It may be, you should have the right to wear what you want to wear. But me and, as your father. And she got a crazy godfather. So yes, me, yes. Me as your father, <laughs> I don't want some dude to try to come up and test you because he sees you what you're wearing and thinking it's a little easy. And you're right, daughter, it shouldn't be like that, but that's the reality, you know, I'm my trying wife, to protect you. My wife tells my daughter that all the time, like, you don't see me out in the street dressing and exposing myself. You don't see me jerking provocative, how you see these girls on TV or how you see maybe a video or something. You don't see me doing dressing like that. And people will call you out by the way you dress and carry yourself because even though you're not that, it's the assumption that you are like that. And you're right. It's it's not right. You know, people should judge you by your character and all that stuff. You, you you're right. But man, like I don't me as, as your protector, I don't want you to feel that feeling of someone 
coming on to you like that strictly because they see you as an objective, you know, you know, figure, physical figure, Mm -hmm. and they see you, you know, thing that they shouldn't be seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole Amber Rose slut walk thing. It was like, you know, in a fairy tale, well, you know, you can't walk out with bra and panties and nobody see anything. I know in Southeast D.C. or anywhere. But but like that, (laughs) somebody's going to try. But at the same time, we got to look at Cam Newton. He married a D.C. stripper from stadiums and his baby mom, and she was dressing prerogative, and he married her. And see, that's the whole celebrity and all that stuff, in which he got bodyguards. (laughs) but i also want to say this think about this there's also this thought that again if we had sons and we tell them you act like you have some sense and why should it be that we have to tell our daughters to be careful when it should be tell their sons that act act like a man don't do that stuff because that's the other thing the door swings the other way it always like we put the onus on women as opposed to men should know better and to control themselves and and not be it's like when you hear about uh the previous vice president pence when he's like he can't be in a room with a woman by himself just because he feels like he can't control yourself, that's a problem that you have to deal with. That's a you that, issue, not her. That's true. God, that's true. But I have a daughter. I don't have a son. Like Tom will tell his son that, like, hey, yo, if a girl says no, that means no, you know? But I have a daughter. I can't. So I can look at it from that point of view. Like, if we have another child or a buddy, you may have a, you don't know what you may have yet, girl or boy. You can have these conversations too, you know? And it takes a whole different view. When you see that little person, they got your eyes, they got your ears, they got your lips, they got everything. And you know that somebody in the future may try to, you know, do some harm to her, you know. So you have to be unapologetically real in some things, you know, because we as men, we know how men are. It don't take a lot for a man to see a girl, you know, she can have leggings and he see everything. Thank you. But you also think about this. Hey, pedophiles will go after boys or girls. Think about it. it don't matter. Like I said, somebody's probably got a relative that you know, just like, uh, was it, uh, DL Healy talking about, you went off Uncle Johnny. Don't let him go off with Uncle Johnny. And then all of a sudden, oh, you got molested. Just shake it off. You know, yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. Hey, don't normalize Uncle Johnny being a pedophile. Uncle Johnny to get his stuff together. I tell you, like growing up and when I was a counselor for the PACE program at UMS, I tell you right now, man, I heard so many stories, man. It, man, I'm not going to lie to you, like, hearing the stories and you're sitting there, like, talking to somebody, they're really, like, putting their heart out and they're like, man, you know, I went through a lot and I've experienced this and this is like, like, my eyes look like, like, really? Like, like, whoa. But, like I said, man, I guess that's why God didn't give me a boy, man. I mean, I... Not yet. Nah, nah, we done, baby. Ain't no, nah. But my thing is, like, um, I feel like if I don't raise my kids, if I don't raise them correctly, despite of whatever I did in my past, or I got to raise them the correct way, I can't let my judgments and decisions jeopardize their lifestyle and their life and them coming up and being better than me, their mother, or anybody else. I got to raise them correctly. Me and my wife always say, you know, say if anything ever happened, I'm still going to be a father and I'm still going to be a protector because I got to be. I can't let my children be affected by decisions. I can't. Well, that's a good thing now, you know, of, of us being parents is that we can sit back and look at the things that we did. And so we can kind of give a different perspective, too, because, you know, ain't nobody perfect, no. you know. But, yeah, man, like, tell me, buddy, you're going to look at the world totally different. 
you know, once that little one comes. How much how much longer you got? Um December twenty eighth is when they're due. It's only one. We're just not sure yet until that's why oh, we're going okay. there. Here's the thing, and you know, we're gonna go with the pronoun. He or he or her. If it's a boy, if it's a girl, it don't matter. But it's till we know, it's just one. We know it's one. I was joking, it'd be funny if it were twins, and that we'd get the two kids out of the way. But it's not gonna be that easy. So one, the child is due uh December twenty eighth. I'm not getting that whole thing and I'm not trying to use that term, but I'm just saying like we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, and we'll find out come August and then December that's when the, all the work begins December uh, 28th, which good news tax benefits. I assume that's well, what everybody hey, talks about. Taxes. Hey, hey, hey. Remember one thing you got like a little man. You got a lot of uncles that always got your back. Always giving you suggestions, help you out. You know what I'm saying? So don't feel, don't feel afraid to ask questions or anything like that from, from us three or anybody, you know? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to ask if you all got, got some old baby clothes too. Cause that might be the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think you have any baby. Clothes, I don't. Uh, girl, I got some, man. Like no girl, like oh, Tom said he got some. I got some, man. I got a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, that's the thing now. But now you guys are gonna probably be using y'all's soon too, because your well, yours is three days before ours is. So, yeah, well, <laughs> man, we'll see, man. <laughs> Christmas baby, you know, and that's the one thing we've already come up with this. My wife's birthday was in late December. And the problem is you get stuck in that little area after Christmas. It's like the biggest thing is people, you know, and birthday parties. The biggest thing we already said, we're going to just going to do the baby's birthday parties in January because this way you don't get caught up with the holidays. Well, it's a whole new year. People yeah. aren't doing anything in January. See, that's going to work a while because my wife's birthday is December 3rd. She doesn't want her presents on Christmas. She wants her presents on her birthday and then Christmas. Yeah, my me, my mom's the 16th, and yeah, it, we got to do my dad, the 16th, and we got to do the 25th. Too. It doesn't work. It, it works for a little bit, but then, yeah. yeah Thomas, <laughs> we're lucky because we got a birthday and a month that really, outside of Valentine's Day, there isn't anything else. It's not what? Nobody's going to go get somebody a President's Day present? Nobody's going to do hey, that. Man, our birthday is in the shortest month, so everybody just forget about it. Right? Oh, y'all got February birthdays? Yeah. Yeah, exactly a day after. He, yeah, I'm, I'm, a 18th, day, I'm a day younger. Yep. 19th. Yep, he's yeah. 19, I'm 18. Oh, man, yeah, yeah all these years, they know that. Yeah, man, like, I yeah. knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like, I, February, like, in our high school class, there's a whole bunch of people born in February. That like, that, that whole month was, like, full of February people. Like, well, it, was only, it was only, like, 80 people in our like, class. Me and my wife, we don't, we, don't, we don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. Like, we, like, okay, like, when I say we don't, we don't, we don't even do the whole thing because like every day is Valentine's Day. Every day is Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, brownie points. No, yeah, but bro, like, I, I agree. Like, no, but like, <clears throat> like we don't like going all out like you see how people I, and I'm not knocking anybody who does, but I see people going all out spending I'm like, we do this every day. I do this every weekend. This this is I do this every month. Why do I have to have one day where I I show my affection. love and affection and attention? Not what why? Why does it gotta be one day? But that's just me. That's just us. We don't celebrate. We just don't. I get her a bear every year, or I get her like some candy, like some, you know, the, the candy when it go on sale. You know, I get her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, December fifteenth. I mean, February fifteenth. Uh, but here, it's sort of like Christmas holiday season. We don't have a tree or anything because, again, really, as a grown adult, you can buy whatever you want. So Christmas can be any day you want. But for kids, if you don't have kids, it, it doesn't mean much. About you know, we're gonna have to figure that out now, but even yeah. then, they're 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 not gonna be born till after Christmas, so it, it still won't matter. It's for the nieces and nephews at this point right now, but uh, yeah. But in two years, you have a I Christmas can, tree. 
I got, got a chimney tree. tree. You got a Santa coming down the chimney. Everything. Yeah. It's going to be one of them Charlie Brown trees. I'm telling you, yo, buddy, I'm telling you, when them kids come home, they're like, Daddy, where our tree at? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. yeah. No, I might just do like Festivus and just do the metal pole and just you you know, the down, airing of grievances and Tom can tell you, Tom, yo, your, your son, when Christmas time comes, he go crazy though. Man, so here's the thing with me, man. My son, I told him like there's no Santa Claus, bro. <laughs> So <laughs> he he knows it's me that's getting this stuff because I mean it's a little deeper for me because like I I just don't believe in telling him a lie you know what I mean okay. like, it is like what it is I mean Santa is me it you know what I mean I buy these gifts me and his mother do it and yeah we go to church you know but like I told him if you see any white guy coming down our chimney thank God in Florida we don't have that but if any white guy come up to the door you let me know so I can shoot him <laughs> I mean <laughs> like for years um I was a strong believer in letting a kid be a kid. Um, nostalgia. But, but my wife was raised differently and she was told a long time ago there was no Santa Claus. So I had to I had to change that whole reaction of my thinking because I'm like, you know what? My kids are getting older and they can handle this, the truth. So we sat them down and we told them, I'm Santa Claus. Daddy's Santa Claus. Daddy gets your gift. Like, but I tell them also, don't spoil another child's, you know, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Like, you know, me telling you something is between us and the family. But you don't go yeah. to school and be like, there's no Santa Claus. There's no, you don't you do respect, that. You respect others. You respect <laughs> others because they may, they may feel like there's a Santa Claus. They could be 13, 14 years old. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was a certain age until I think it was, uh. One Christmas, I woke up and I looked at the window. I see my mom and them bringing bikes out the car and gifts and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, my wife can tell you right now. So we told our children, and my youngest was still like, Santa Claus is real or not real? I'm like, no, Kenny, not real. And she still was like, so is he still coming or he's not? <laughs> she, didn't, she, didn't, she, didn't, she didn't get it, comprehend totally. And I say that my oldest said it, and she kind of kind of knew a little bit but she didn't want to spoil it she didn't want to say nothing so when we told her my oldest got it my youngest didn't and yeah you know what and i go to this angle and it's the same thing we talk about pro wrestling and movies you know like i always said i never knew die hard was based on a true story it never was. It was just based off a book. You never burst. Like, remember, people were crying when uh, Black Panther got, got Thanos snapped, like uh, Thomas did in his stand-up one time. The, yeah. the Thanos snapped. <laughs> it was no, basically I all did. the black characters. But, I, yeah, I mean, it. see, here's the thing, and that's the whole thing. You get into that line where it, when it comes to certain things, you don't want to burst anybody's bubble. Right. And as an honesty, you, one, you don't want to be a cynical person, right. but you don't want to burst other people's bubble. You, so I go with the whole line of wrestling. Like what you like, but don't be a dick about it. That's like all I, it is. Like, Just like you know, like I still want to do Pal P Productions one day, but I'm probably <laughs> never do it. Not as long as you, you can do it on a smaller scale, like you said. You could, I mean, it just be you and your wife. Y'all can like you know have your your you the starring roles, but then y'all have to switch and you know come up with other names and stuff. You know disguises. You know, or you can just be monogamous, man. You know, if that's your thing, you know. Like my 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 wife, bro. Like she got a sister that looks just like her. You know, I might get confused. 
Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, 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 no. I was going to ask you this because this is one thing as parents. So let's say your kid comes to you down the road and says, I want to be a brain surgeon. What's the first thing you say to him? I'm going to let them know that you can do anything that you want to do. However, there will be some stipulations because of your race. There will be some walls that you got to climb over. There's some walls you got to knock down. If you want it, go get it. But right. don't let me, anybody else tell you you can't go do it or can't get it. Because at the end of the day, you don't know how much you want to put out, how much you want to do, and and everything like that. You will know what you want in life. And yeah, you also, I, and then later on, like you, you may change your mind. You may want something else. But if you're gonna go for it, I support you. I'm behind you. Go for it. That's what I'm gonna right. tell my kids. Like when they get, you know, when they get to that point, just like college, when they get older, when they graduate from high school, and I'm like, listen, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to college? Do you want to go to the service? Do you want to start working? Do you want trade school? Like, what's your game plan? Like, because if you got a game plan, oh, you got a mentality of what you want to do. I'm going to support you. Now, if you sit here and talk about, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's only like three or four years now. Now we got to have a talk again. Because I'm going to be like, listen, you're not 18 no more. Now you're 21, 22 years old. What's your, what's your, what's your guidance? What's your, what's your route? Because now you're going around a circle instead of picking a destination. Yeah, I, I remember being in UMES and then um, Dr. Satchel, the, the dean of the art department. He sat us all down. He was like, okay, this is what you guys want to do. You got to understand, you got to be like Michael Jordan in this. You got to eat, sleep, breathe it. So if she says she wants to get a brain surgeon, understand that it ain't going to be easy. Nope. And if you want to do it, you have to you know, study, study, study. You got you to notice what you want to do in life because being a brain surgeon almost means that your life is on somebody else's time. Mm-hmm. When they call you and they're like, hey, we need to come in because somebody's about to die. Wherever you at, you got to go. You know, so you got to take things into consideration and understand that you got to work at it. You got to be good at it. You yep, know, yep, yep. because if not, you know, then why are you doing it? Thomas, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm with my two fellas over here, man. I believe, like, you know, you definitely should, uh, you know, encourage. You know, I, I, you know, I would never tell my son like something is out of his grasp because, like, as long as you got air in your lungs and you breathing, man, you can do anything you want. No one person. That can stop you, honestly, is you. People can say what they want. It's up to you to listen to them. I think what the at the time the great Tyler Perry said, uh, it's the not what they Tyler call Perry. you. <laughs> it's, but he said it as Medea, but I listened to him when he said it. He said, it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. Whatever you want to do, man, you can only stop you. You can only be that force. Your biggest enemy is when you look in the mirror. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to have racism or whatever. You're going to have... People that gonna tell you you can't do this, you can't do that. At the end of the day, it's your decision. You know what I mean? You are the master of your fate. You know what I'm yeah, saying? True, so, true. Um, yeah, I definitely believe in encouraging man. And like, if he wanted to be a pilot in aviation, if he wanted to be a fighter, you know what I mean? If he wanted to go into boxing, if he wanted to be in the service, or if he wanted to go to college, if I would tell him, you know, my experiences, you know, but mine gonna be different from him because you know what? That's why we're not all tethered together. You know, he's he's his own individual. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to have to walk a path on his own. You know what I mean? Opposed to me. My, my life is different structured than he is. You know what I mean? He was he's lucky and blessed enough to have a father when I didn't. 
You know what I mean? So the things that I went through, he will never understand. You know what I mean? There's some things that he's going to go through that I don't understand. You know what I mean? But it is what it is, you know? Sorry, I kind of got off track. But, yeah, I would definitely uh, encourage him, you know, if he wanted to be whatever he wanted to be, of course. Absolutely. My thing, I would say, yeah, be the best at what you're going to be. Always have a backup plan just in case it doesn't work out, too. That's the other thing, because weird things happen. You never know. Some people have to alter their life because a parent gets sick or something, and you have to take care of them. Or if, like, for example, if you're an only child and the parent gets sick, and there isn't another sibling they can rely on or other family members. Sometimes you have to curtail stuff, and which is unfortunate, but those things end up happening sometimes. Prime example, look at Tyler Perry. And I'm glad you see Tyler Perry, Thomas. He was homeless. Homeless. Living in a car. Had no money at all, nothing. And he was determined to get out of that state that he was in. That's determination and will, man. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how you look at it. It's determination and will because it was like, I don't want to stay in this state. We all get to our lowest points. We always get to our highest points. But the thing is, life is about lessons. Life is about growing. It's about changing. It's about maturing and my thing is he wanted something better for himself and I believe he has children but he wanted something more for his children and that's the same what we are right now us four men right now how we grew up, where we grew up coming from the shore now we've moved out, we got our own houses we're married, we got things going for ourselves and it's just like we want more for our children and for our families for ourselves that's just like Christmas time, promise example, my birthday. My wife, she argues with me so much because I grew up not having a birthday party. I grew up not asking anything for my birthday. I never had a birthday party. But I never really asked for anything for my birthday or Christmas. I don't I never really had. When I was younger, yeah, I used to circle the little uh toys around the books and stuff like yeah. Hey, we all did, I'm pretty sure. But I never really asked for stuff. My wife always told me, You need to pick something. You didn't think about what you really want. And it's hard for me sometimes because I never grew up like that. So now when my children, I ask them, like, what do you want? They'll tell me what they want and I go get it. As long as it's in, you know, but I tell them all the time, like, I didn't grow up like that. I had to work for mom. And now me and my wife are teaching them the same thing to save money, not spend all your money, not trying to stay with your friends and let them use you, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Thomas knows my situation growing up. And he never, ever judged me. He never, ever looked at me differently. He was there for me. He supported me. He knew when I was down. He knew when I was up. But he always checked on me, made sure I was good. And I tell him all the time, I never can repay you for that, bro. Because, like, you were there for me more times when I was dealing with my situation and stuff like that, going through what I was going through. Just being there. And then all y'all, man, Christian, you already know me and you riding together, talking, you and me, us, and Earl. You and me, yes. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? But yes. I, I can never repay y'all for the times that I was going through things. And I look at us now, like I said, as forefathers, a, fa- a father-to-be, and I'm like, we're better than what we were growing up. Oh, yeah. It's not that we're better than anybody else. We're not bragging. And I hate when people are like, oh, you bragging. I'm not bragging at all. I'm telling you my story. I'm telling you my lifestyle. I'm telling you my chain. Well, that's the thing. Like we come, we are at we're at places now where our kids would never understand. I could probably never understand Snow Hill, or never understand you know growing up in that you know that area. You know what I mean? Like all of us live in the 
You know, I live in Laurel, Corey lives in Waldorf, you know, Tom is in Florida, Earl's in Delaware. We're, each of us are like, uh, uh, you know, in city suburb, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So our kids are going to grow up in metropolitan, you know, suburban areas. So they're not going to, they're not really going to understand the lifestyle that we had growing up and which made us like, we will be different from most dads that our kids know. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think, and it's more of a maturity thing. It's like Corey saying, people say, Oh, you think you're better? No, it's the fact that we've, I'll go back to this. Matthew McConaughey did when he won his Oscar, he talked about, I wanted to be better than I was this time a day ago, uh, this time a week ago, this time a year ago, this time five years, because sometimes self-improvement is a thing, because some people will use that excuse to not get better. Some people will be complacent where they are. And, you know, one, time is a great equalizer. You know, that's always saying, if we ever have our class reunion, whenever that will probably never be, the perfect time, (laughs) that'll be a perfect example of it. That will be, uh, you will see. Yeah, you will see. You know, time will be a great equalizer because and the cynical version of me a few years ago would have said, I would have gone back just to see who became a failure and who turned out to be gay. Now, I would just say, hey, we've gotten older, we've gotten mature, it's good to reconnect with people. Yeah. And if people still act the same way that they did 21 years ago, they've really learned nothing. They've really learned nothing at all. That's the one thing. And I went from a jaded view of it to more like okay let's see and like i said if there's a certain point after 20 years you can't let bygones be bygones over some stupid stuff we did as kids that yeah, but, is a problem but, you gotta um, let go but i want to say something earl man i'll be honest man like sometimes man you know when you young you sometimes man you do something to somebody that's so traumatic you know like they can't forget you know what i mean sometimes right. it's like that i know when we was young man i know i'm pretty sure i've said some things man um myself now I'm not proud of, you know what I'm saying? Like to either one or maybe you guys or something. I may have offended somebody, you know what I mean? Said something and God deals with everybody differently, man. Sometimes there's scars you wear. And um, as you get older, you start to realize like, yo, man, like I may have hurt this person and I didn't know others may thought, you know, I got people to laugh with or whatever the case may be jokes or whatever. Um, that person may not have found it as funny. You know what I mean? They probably that self-conscious thing that they had to deal with. So sometimes you go through something, like you say, like um, you like to see like how whoever turned out, whatever, but like you go through something yourself. You're like, well, damn, man, this is, this is crazy, man. Cause I, I remember doing that situation to that person and now the joke's on me, you know what I'm saying? So like you gotta sometimes just be humble for real, man, you got to be humble and be thankful for the friends you got, the loved ones you got. Because, man, at the end of the day, man, you know, to be like, how I want to say, like, you just got to learn to love who you supposed to. I'm not, I don't know how I want to say it, man. I, I just know, like, it's, like you say, it comes full clips. You know what I mean? Like, it just all comes back to you in, in, in some kind of way. You know what I mean? Whether, hey, you know, I made fun of somebody because of the way they look. Well, guess what? I'm bald now. You know what I mean? I'm bald now. Or like, you know, thank God I ain't, you know, I ain't struggling with weight problems or nothing like that. But you just never know. You know what I'm saying? You always want to treat people good, man. That's the moral I'm trying to get at. It all comes back to you. And, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I would teach my son the same thing. I would hope, you know, I know you guys are going to do that. You know what I mean? Because um, you guys are good, strong brothers, man. So, um, you know, just always treat them with respect, man. You know what I mean? Even if the hand isn't shown toward you. Back in the day, our parents used to tell us that. Like, I don't know my mind was telling me the same thing when I was a kid. I'd be like, okay. You know, like, you never know how life's going to treat you. You know what I mean? 
like, you know, most people that I see, you know, in, in my town, law, you know, I see them on the corner, you know, panhandling for money. You know, you see him, Corey, in D.C., you know, I see him in D.C. and Baltimore. You know, we all just a paycheck or two away from being there. You know what I mean? Real talk. So, yeah. So it's like, you know, you know, I'll tell mine, you know, just like we'll tell ours, you know, you got to treat people with kind of respect because, like you said, universe, karma, God, whatever you believe in can bring you right down, you know, just as quick. I feel like the arguments that were well, not even arguing, I feel like the disagreement that we had was part of our growth. I feel like it wasn't like, okay, like it wasn't to the point where we stopped talking to each other totally. Like, we still recognize each other. We still see each other. Like, what's good, blah, blah, blah. But just like any family, any brothers or sisters, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have arguments. It's how you work them out. And look at this to this very day. We're still, even though we live in different parts of the, of, of the United States. Of the country, yeah. We're still. Now we're, we're just still, on the East Coast. Right. We're still, like, <laughs> it was a long right. drive to get a town, though. Right. But my thing, my, my thing is, like, like, even when I, okay, for example, when I went down to, when I went down to Florida, I didn't realize how far Thomas was still from me. If I was yeah. I'm so, right. He was like, he's so like, bro, I'm just like another two or three hours. I'm like, oh, man. Miami, I'm like Miami, 18, I'm Miami, I'm, But my thing is, I always reached out. Christian, you know me and you, we still get up for breakfast sometime. And, yeah, we need to get up like, like, more often. Uh, Earl, I, I tell myself, you know, um, and I told Christian a long time ago, I had to grow out of that. I guess holding grudges. I guess because the way I was raised, the way I was stuff like that, I, I experienced it a lot with my family. Some things, and I had to get out of that whole thing. And I told Christian a long time ago, a long time ago. I love all three of y'all, man. Even B, even Dante. You know what I'm saying? Like we were in our own little click world. Man. We're in our own little world, man. Right, your own little world. So my <laughs> thing is like, even when we were at DMS, man. Like the hardest thing was, you know, what I'm saying like. I mean, Earl, you were in a different summer program than me, Christian, and Thomas. So it was like, when I got there, like, my mom asked me the one question. She was like, so who are you going to be roommates with? And I'm like, I guess whoever gets there first. And I got there last. Yeah. <laughs> I never get that job. I mean, because she, she asked me, and she was like, she's like, well, you and Thomas are close. You and Christian are You and Earl. And I was like, well, Earl's in the program. She was like, so who are you going to be roommates with? And I said, whoever gets there first, I'm going to be roommates with. And it was Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And, but. That would have been a hard decision for all three of us anyway, because if Christian got there first, now Thomas got a different roommate. If if I got there last, now you and Christian roommate, you know what I'm saying? It still would have been like, oh man, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. But I don't think we, we just, you know, we went through what what most like Heather has friends that I met when I first met her. And I'm like, okay, that's your crew. You know, that's your friends. But then like, you know, maybe a year or so into our relationship, She's like, oh, this is so and so, and like, she's my best friend. Like, she and she said she's my best friend because, no matter how less we talk, once we see each other, we are sisters. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of like that to me. That's the real test of friendship. Is not how many times, how much you see the person, but when you do see the person, the love is like it was the day before you stopped talking for a long period of time for whatever reason. I mean, I remember when I drove home to see Thomas when he was like, he's coming home. Bro, I made it my priority. I was like, bro, I got to go see my brother. I got to go see my brother. And everything, even our little disagreements, all that went out the door, man. It was just the fact of seeing my brother, man. Like, you know, somebody I, I trust in my life, somebody that I will go to war with, 
you know, it was like that, man. You know what I'm saying? Even Christian, I can see you. And I can tell Earl, I got to get, get see you, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. But we all got to get together, man. Like, right, we, we all got to get together. Face but, face hey, we got to do an Orioles. We can do like an Orioles game one day. I mean, Orioles game. Thomas is up. Yeah. Well, well, or, well it's, cheap, it's cheaper to go to the Orioles game. It's cheaper to go to the Orioles game. Well, whenever you guys are ready, let me know. I run the, I run, I'm over at Marriott Hotels. Oh, that's right. Oh, the hookup. Oh, yeah. All right, Tom. Yes, yes. You just let me know. We, I, we can go anywhere you want. Puerto Rico, Bahamas, whatever. Y'all just it's, let it's me like, know. It was like Brian with all the Hilton Honors stuff. Yeah, it's funny. You were just talking about that, Corey. If you hadn't seen, or Christian, you guys were talking about it. Seeing people in a while. I just talked to Chris Jenkins Wednesday. I spent like three or four hours on the phone with him. I haven't physically talked to him probably in a good year and a half, but like, you know, it's like people you haven't seen reconnect with just crazy because. I haven't seen And B, like I said, I haven't seen B in years. I see Brian like every other weekend or something. Either we're going to a game or he's up there or we're down in Salisbury. So, uh, yeah, it's like I see Brian all. I feel like I see Brian and Jeff all the time. So uh, you lucky. I don't. Yeah. I don't see nobody, man. Yeah, I mean, Frank, my, my homeboy Frank came down. Like, my, he from my from my wedding. Yeah, yeah I know Frank. He, yeah, Frank. You know, a real good friend of mine too, man. A uh, real good dude, man. Came to the wedding, Corey. I, you know, I wish you guys could have came. It was kind of a last minute thing because yeah. I was all of ours was like last minute thing. Yeah, I was dodging that bullet. I was like, all of our weddings were last minute things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I got married first. When did you get married? married? I got married June 18, June 18, 2009. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Way, way, way early. Way yeah. early, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, for real? Man. Yeah, yeah I'm ducking, bro. <laughs> I was ducking for a long time. It just so happened, though, man. It's, she was her, real, her parents. And us, you know, Spanish people, man, they they like, oh, you like my daughter? Well, you know, you're going to have to marry her, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like one of them things, man. So like, uh, okay. For me, like, and I tell guys this when they were talking to me about marriage. I tell them, well, you know, don't wait. And it's crazy because my father told me, but I still didn't listen. Don't wait to the perfect time. I was trying to wait to the perfect, 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 perfect moment. And like, and my dad was like, I remember one time, I remember the night before, you know, I got up the nerve. My dad was like, so when is that time? And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. You don't know. He was like, nah, you won't. He said, you won't ever know. Like, you know, she ain't with you for the money. She ain't with you because on some petty stuff, she's with you because she loves you. So all the money that, you know, that that you think you need to put on this lavish wedding that you think she wants, that's not it. She wants to marry you. And so it was like, ding, you know what I mean? Me and my wife got our house that week. That Thursday, after we moved in the house, we went to the Justin Peaks. Like, when I went to the courthouse, got the license. We got married that Thursday, on a Thursday. It was that quick. Um, it's never the right time. Like, yeah, everybody say, you know, you want to, I want the perfect wedding. Let's be real. Every wedding I've ever been to is always something that, that you wish you'd done, wish you did. So it's never a perfect wedding because it's always something you leave out. And the great thing about it, the perfect, perfect wedding is when you do it. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the perfect. Like we set up a date. We said we're gonna do it on this date. Then we got reservations to FOCO. And we were like, we're gonna we'll let everybody come to FOCO and eat. And that to me was the best day of you know my life. And then the family down here down the shore was like, oh, you know, you know, we you know, we gotta do something. So then my mom and them were like, you know, we're going to do something down the shore, too. 
And, you know, me and Helen just looking at a picture from that day a couple, you know, uh, a couple of days ago. And she was like, man, I was so happy that day. And it didn't take $10,000. You know, it didn't take, nope. you know, Cinderella horse and carriage. You know what I mean? Like I said, we had a little help at an in-law's house and it still turned, it turned out pretty good. Um, yeah. And like I said, however it works, you know, one more thing before I ask, we go to this real quickly. I know we were talking, eventually going to talk about R&B. If we have enough time, we will. Uh, what led to you guys going to Yomias starting from Christian all the way down? <laughs> well, I got to go first. Oh, <laughs> I'm going on the screen. We could go. Okay. I'll go right. first if you want me to or whoever. Whoever's okay, ready so, to bite the bullet. Crazy thing is, senior year, all right, I had a cousin that went to my, my older cousin, Danny, uh, Chucky's sister. She went to Morgan. She's like the oldest grandchild. She went to Morgan. Uh, my cousin Keith, she went to Morgan. My Aunt Maria went to Morgan. So my senior year, no, my junior year, I'm like, okay, when I become a senior, I'm going to apply to Morgan. That whole senior year, I forgot all about Morgan. Like, I didn't even think about it. And so... Only one place I applied to was UMS, and my grandfather we used to be. My grandfather was a band director there before Lampkin. Uh, Mom and dad met there, so it was like that's the perfect spot, and they had a good art program, and that's why I went. And when I got there, that was a whole, you know, different thing. But yeah, yeah, it was based. It was based on family ties, uh, you know, money, and them having the program that I wanted. That was really a really good program. So yeah, that was it. Corey, how about you? For me, it was a couple of things. Um, one was I had like a couple letters for football. So college called Tidewater. I think it was Bridgewater, Tidewater, something like that. I had a letter for, to Bowie and I had a letter to Frostburg to play football. But my GPA wasn't high enough. I guess I didn't score enough high enough for the SAT. I don't know what it was. It was something. Can't remember exactly what it was. Nobody and, does, yeah. And then my mom was like, you know, like, why don't you just go to UMS? She was like, you know, um, matter of fact, I think she talked to your mom, Christian, and then then I was talking to Thomas, and I think Thomas wanted to go to uh you want to go to well, Johnson Wells. Okay. Johnson Wells. Johnson- I think when my mom talked to your mom, Christian, uh, she was like, Well, Christian's going to UMS. And then I was just like, Well, I wanted to go to Bowie State. That's where I wanted to go originally. Yeah. Um, but I changed my mind, went to UMS. Um, when I found out that uh, Christian was going, then I think Earl said you you were going. Um, then Thomas said he was going, and then it was just like Dante. I found out Dante was going. I found out Tasha said she was going. Shawray said she was going. It was like a lot of people that I knew were going there, and it was like, okay, you know, what I'm saying like, let's go. Plus my mom's sister, other sister, cousin. All family with UMS, so that also helped. Uh, Thomas, how are you? What led to you going to UMS? Uh, ain't no real special reason. Um, actually, I wanted to go to Full Sail. I wanted, oh, okay. I wanted to be in um, music producer. I wanted to make, you know, obviously I wanted to do the beats and all that stuff. Yeah, the PS2 um, joint beat machine. Yeah, I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the main reason why I went was obviously U, U4, man. I mean, U3, man. Uh, I wanted to be near my brothers at the time. To be honest, yo, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. Um, when everybody started talking about college, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go to college, man. Cause <laughs> I was at a point where I was like, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to do music or barbering, you know what I mean? Cause it was, 
one of the two that I, I mean, I really thought I was, you know, I could still rhyme and everything. I'm still nice, man. But I wasn't like, I didn't think I was going to be like real, real big, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and everything. But so I decided to go to UMES because of you guys. But also, too, um, I had found out at the time my dad, you know, which is totally wrong now, wrong information that was conveyed to me. He was into the hotel and restaurant stuff. So I was like, well, you know, I guess I'll kind of walk his path to see, you know, if I like it. Turned out I hate it with a passion. You know what I mean? That's why I'm my own individual. You know what I mean? So, um, but I went to school. I went there, you know, with you guys, man. I got, we, you know, I got my degree and everything, but that, that's why I kind of look at it like, eh, like I wish I could do it all over again because I would have never done it, you know, but it's because of y'all, man. Definitely, man. That's one thing I wish I did got my degree. Um, but it's never too late to go back and get it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Never too late. But I agree with Thomas. When I found out that you three were going to UMS, it was like, I'm going with my brother. I was like, yeah, for real. And I was like, I was happy with my decision. I had a, a, a ball being around you guys, seeing you guys every day on the yard. Um, you know, we had our benches that we sat in front of, in front of Summer yeah. the library. You know, we sat, you know, Carver was it? It was Carver and Carver, the library. And the library, joke. Carver and Somerset, and it was uh, yeah, we we were all over. I mean, but then, like, I think where, well, I think the whole fact of us going to UMS it helped us, but also hindered us a little bit. And I say that only respectfully because it's like. We were all we were all going in our different directions. Yeah, I definitely admit I yeah. drifted. I was like, I was going a completely different direction. It, was, we all it, it, it wasn't that we weren't tight. It wasn't that we weren't caring about each other or well being. Like I seen Thomas all the time. I always go to Thomas crib, chill with him. I chill with Christian. I see you, Earl. You know, we chilled, but life was pulling us in different directions. Life was pulling. Yeah, yeah. You know. And, you know, and that's funny you said that, man, because I always wondered. You know, what I mean, and and like. I always wonder, like, what would have happened if we all kind of pursued the music thing, like the group that we were in, and tried to make it bigger than what it was, you know what I mean? It never sat good with me because I was like, you know what? Yeah, we had the little talent shows and all that stuff, but what if we all really, really got together and took it seriously? But that's the thing, man. Like, at that age, I don't think I don't think any of us, maybe Earl, maybe but look at the opportunities we had, though. I mean, if you look at it now, if we did something like, like say we were like our younger selves now, well, you got the tech now, you can go on YouTube and all this stuff, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, we would have known what we could have done. I think the only person to seriously with Earl, I think all of us were like, it's just a thing to kind of yeah. let girls hear us. You know what I mean? Y'all say, say before me, it was Miss Bivens that was like, oh, you ain't going to sing with them. And I was like, I'm going to sing with y'all. <laughs> I think for me, I know for me, I know for me, like singing was something I know I could do, but I really like people. A lot of people don't know that I sing, that we sing. Like even today, like I very rarely sing out loud. Like if I'm, I, I, see, I hear people walking on the street and they're yelling and singing. You know, like I can never do that. You know what I mean? I always kept for some reason and over one or another. I always kept like my talents were very suppressed in in, in some kind of way. I wasn't really that that serious, serious about it. And the funny thing is, and I always say that I would just, 
in random cases, most people didn't know I, I could sing until I decided, okay, maybe I'll do this do karaoke or something at one time. But other than that, I honestly, you know, it's funny. I just thought about that. And as much as I was in the student radio station, as much as we had access to all the mics and all the editing equipment, you know, I just, you, I you mean, know, I was there all the time. I was sitting there. I was like general manager of the radio station senior year. So I like had all this access, but I'm like, hey. I asked, Mook, I asked Mook one time, and I remember a long time ago, I was like, yo, could you help us to sing the Star Spangled Banner of the game? And I was like, I know you could have got us right. I think I sang at a Decatur game. I think we played Decatur. Okay. And that was like the most, one of the most terrifying things I ever did because I went, you know, I got family in Berlin. You know, Kanye right. King's family is all in Berlin. I went to school there. I remember my eighth grade year, I went to school there. So I don't know if you remember, but I didn't sing to the people. I was like in the bag where we got the balls from. Yeah. <laughs> Singing back there. Like, but, and nobody but, knows me until I came out. But you remember that time we went there for the gospel thing and go where, but all county choirs. But think about, but think about Thomas. We had like the whole auditorium was looking at us like, oh my god, like y'all sound <laughs> so good together. Like, what did we sing? I forgot. What I we, sing, I forgot. Can you sing, we said, we said, can you send the rain? And we sang. Um, that might be you guys. I because I might have probably back that left as yet. We sing at, at last night. No, no, I said I didn't know. Okay, no, no, no. no. We, we sung. We sung silk. Can you sing in the rain? And then oh, I didn't do that. One. It was Ivory. Ivory from Berlin was like, "Can you sing another song?" And I think that's what we sing as yet. We sing a little part of it. You know, saying like, you know, last night. You know, we went to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that song. Yeah, that's what you're like. Brock and Del- that's what, and then, and then, I remember Thomas going. Oh, I got his fifteen. <laughs> no, no, I remember. I remember at the talent show when I think Tom and Brian Van, somebody, <laughs> and Earl. Um, no, it was me and Earl. I mean, Earl, yeah, doing Earl was singing Drew Hill the other yeah. time, and like when he was like slightly reach pieces. This fool was taking paper. I don't know where he got it from. He takes paper. <laughs> but me and, me and Earl, but me and Earl singing a talent show for the Pier Remember, we uh, in Bur- uh, City. It was the Pier Mediator Conference. Oh no, it. I'm trying to remember the song. I remember that. I just don't remember. It the was song. Uh, I, um, was it Bill Withers? Uh, no, it was Joe. It was no. it was Casey. And jo- it was Casey and, jo- and Jojo song. And you know, Christian, when you talk about the Starfangled Banner, honestly, that became my thing after a while. I did it at a Shorebirds game, yes. and then I was like the go-to person for the Wahai games every time I was there covering a game. I, I did the anthem. Of, I was and of uh, well, honestly, when you always think about this, you can't be as bad as Carl Lewis. You know, but and that's you all you have to remember. I think Marvin Gaye was high. Marvin, you know, his version, high, his version Marvin. was the Whitney his Houston, version was the best. Jeff Hudson. <sighs> yeah, I think Marvin was high as a kite with them glasses on and Avery the glasses. I mean, we <laughs> and you know, it's crazy. I just saw with this um, Frankie Lyman, the yeah. uh, and now the Uwai, and he yeah. fell out on the stage. <laughs> I just was watching that, John. Man, I was like, oh. yeah, no, yeah. Like when I did it at the decay, I like I thought I, my leg was started shaking. And like you know, like start like your knee starts to like, like go back and forth. And I was like, oh man, I'm about to faint in front of everybody. <laughs> like, yo, but you know, the biggest thing is like knowing you can hit a key, hit a certain key. Make sure you don't go too out, too far. Yeah. Out. We talked about you know meeting up and singing, like you know. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago we talked about that, and the know, hardest thing. I'm always down. I'm down for it, definitely. You know, what I'm saying the I mean, hardest thing yeah. now. Like my wife is always telling me. You need to sing more. I mean, you know, she like you work too hard because you could be singing. But like it's hard for me to like you know 
the whole TikTok stuff, and I see people singing on Instagram, and I'm like, man, they don't even sound good. And I'm like, yo, like we and- easily can do that. I mean, like I said, I saw these one video. Um, there was these high school boys, the black guys. They were singing in the bathroom, okay. singing in the bathroom. Okay. They were singing uh, Pentatonix can't sleep love, and it's like, man, these. These boys are good. You know, they feel like that line from Come America, that boy good, that boy good. And that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, even just little stuff like that. The problem in most music now sucks. I mean, you could probably take something and, and, and give it a retro vibe to it. I, and again, it's still not impossible. We could like, Everything as long as we got now. audacity yeah, and, and, and as long as we got audacity I mean, and microphones, but, we can do anything. Remember, but you remember on YouTube, there was a group. Um, matter of fact, the one guy was on America Got Talent. They did a video just like this and posted it to YouTube, and people were liking it. They were even they were even near each other, and then it came together later on. But like my thing is, the I think the hardest part would be is definitely one is just the time. Two will be our voices have changed a little bit. I don't mind things dramatically. Yeah, right. I'm I'm more I'm more based in singing than anything, but try to hit higher notes than what I can do. I can't do them like that no more. I I, I probably can't. Yeah. That is the biggest thing I learned is you sometimes you, the older you get, people can't hit certain notes anymore. Weight gain will change it too. Your breathing ability, the way you sing, and that is like, a huge thing too. If y'all ever want to do it, something like that. I mean, I'm I'm down. Like I said, definitely find the time and. Like I, I, my my mother has a group, uh, Classic Soul, and 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 I sing with her sometimes, and um, we practicing something, and I'm like, yo, like I'm thinking I'm 18, you know, because I ate, I was 18, I was singing every day, 24 seven. Now with baby and work, mm-hmm. I may go, you know, I got, I'm gonna have to remind myself, yo, you gotta like sing some some more, and so like you know, stuff that like you know, Luther's, you know, never too much, before, you know, before yeah. I could like any any day. Now I can, but it's like I gotta go. I gotta warm up and you know get my me me me's right. You know that stuff. You know, but you know it gets there, but it's not as easy as it was. You know, a song I always say we should do. Secret Garden. Who's gonna be out of barge? I can do. I'll be sure. <laughs> I'll be sure to probably pass it to Christian. <laughs> like we, I said, we, we have that's a hard voice to do. Ago. Elder Barge is hard to do, but I but also. But hold on. Cisco and them just did a re- uh, And it was trash. It was trash, man. It, was, it wasn't it was, like, it wasn't silk, like, yo. Compared, it, to silk, compared to the Silk version? Because Silk did it too. Yeah, we had a conversation 20 years ago in, in Tom's bedroom. We were trying to decide what song we sing with Tom's show. We were like, correct, correct. let's just see Garden Earl was like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing's ever changed. Uh, I, like I said, I'd be all for like uh, that one Boys and Men song I do. Oh yeah, we try that too. And 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 music. We class. just and weren't we serious about like, it. We just nah. weren't serious. Well, no, let's be honest. We, we weren't. Know, it, it, I swear, we can do that. <laughs> Let me be honest. I, I'm all for it. I, you know what? We each pick a song. You know what, Thomas? And we Thomas, we, we do. We each pick a song, hey, and hey, we have hey, our Thomas, own choice. Thomas, go ahead and hit it. Let me go all your Hey, so stupid, man. I can't. I don't know. No, no, I'm not going to this right now. I'm getting over, so I can't really. Tom drank with John B. Yes. Like, like, what song was that? Was, was I still down? Was yeah. It, was like, I always yeah. like smooth cats, though, man. Like John B. I like the Chico DeBarge. You know what I mean? I like, you know what I mean? I liked that, uh, like Donnell Jones. I was a big Donnell Jones. I, I love Donnell. He wasn't what? even a powerful vocalist, though. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. But yeah. he, so, he, he, 
I just like the way they say it. If it was a song, I'm as all for it. All three of us, or four of us. If you had to pick a song for us to pick, even though we not agreed, it's I'll let Earl go first, Christian to Thomas, then I'll say mine. But if you had to pick one song for us to sing together, what song would you pick, Earl? You go first. You know what? I was thinking about this, and I, I still think. No, no, I, I know. I think "Can't Sleep Love" by Pentatonix. There's no way we couldn't do that. I'm not a Pentatonix fan, though, buddy. Well, again, that's why you put your own spin on it. That's all it yeah. is. You got to put your yeah. own spin on. It. You, we take just like this. You ever heard a Lou Rawls version of "Wind Beneath My Wings"? Oh my God, no! It is a better version than Bette Midler all day, yeah. all day. It is an all day better version. Okay. I, I don't know. I can't like our voices have changed so much. Well, that's uh, why we, you know, we just got to get in warm up. And that's another thing you like you said, warming up is a very underrated thing. I mean, we probably shouldn't have been singing without warming up all the time because that that significantly damages your voice, especially, you know, doing impromptu, as I call it sometimes when it was around a bunch of white women. It's like all these impromptu minstrel shows. I ain't I ain't singing for no scraps and coins. But yeah, like things like this, you got to warm up. You definitely have to warm up. You shouldn't be doing stuff off the cusp because it's not very safe for your voice. Even when I was like doing stuff. Uh, telling the story like I was performing they actually had a band on a cruise ship and I'm like I was warming up as everybody was singing I'm starting to silently go through my warm-ups the, the scales and things like that and I was ready I, I feel like any other time I would not have been able to do that if I just randomly just did it off the top of my head because it would have been Carl Lewis bad that's what all <laughs> it's Carl Lewis bad that's the thing everything is now you're Carl gonna, Lewis bad you're going to Instagram <laughs> not about, for the best reasons what about you Christian I don't know, man, because there's not a lot of groups out. So, like, whatever we would sing, it would have to be older because there ain't no, like, you know, I know Earl had his son's agenda, but there ain't no groups out. So, I mean, like, our generation, it's weird, I sound old, but, like, we're the last one to have, like, R&B groups, you know, Jagged Edge or 112 and, you know, uh, Drew Hill. So, you um, say Jagged Edge, right? You have to say Jagged Edge. They're, they're I, garbage I, compared to the rest of them. Guys. I know, I do. I know they are, you know, but they, a lot of people like them. I don't know why. I was never Jagged Edge fan. But, um, yeah, man, like I remember, I remember, uh, man, like 112, man, we were in college. What was that joint they had out? Uh, shoot, was it not Player, but the, with the Sweet Love joint? Oh, okay. You got a bunch of body clothes. Yeah. That was a joint, yo. Can you feel it? Yeah, that was a joint. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that one. Yeah, um, that's, that's not a hard song. What about you, Tom? Yeah, like, I'm with Christian, bro. I don't I don't even know, man. Like, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is when everybody get, I guess, a little piece of something in it is, like, Ebony Eyes by Silk. Oh, joint of my joint. Yeah, like I mean, like, but like, who's gonna hit that note? I don't know, like, cause I know, I, you know, I think now that one I can do. I can do that one. Yeah, um, but like, nah, man, like you know, everything is solo artist now, man. I keep saying it before. I think like Jacob Lattimore is probably like, my favorite solo artist out. You know, stuff he does, but I mean. We don't have really nothing else to go by, man, unless we're going back to, like, the Delafonics or, like, Temptations or, you know what I mean, yeah. groups, the 90 groups that we had, you know, from the yeah. 80s to the 90s. Like, but who's in a group nowadays that's, yeah. like, singing real R&B? Yeah, yeah. No one, no one is. You have more pop groups, and you don't really see the many pop groups anymore because they're ready to break them up. It's just like I say that it's like wrestling tag teams. You have all these tag teams, and they're here to be just broken up. 
and then you get one person that gets stuck at the bottom, and everybody else rises to the top. That's that's how it always apparently felt like it has been. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are no R&B groups out. You know, um, there are pop groups out. You know, you got the K-pop stuff that the kids were in school that work at, man. They in Howard County, man. They love K-pop. I can't stand it. But like, that's the only like groups that are out. As a matter of fact, you guys should watch the documentary on Netflix called Pop Life, and it talks about boys to men and the boys to men effect, and how you know when boys to men basically slid off because NSYNC and all them came and kind of took their style. And uh, so, yeah, so basically there's no R&B group, but there are groups out there in the pop world that have taken, you know, the the stuff that we can identify with. Like, oh, man, it sounds like Boyz II Men. Oh, they sound like, they're trying to sound like Jodeci. You know, so that's out there, but not like, I mean, you got Silk, what's it, Silk Sonic? What's the joint with, with Bruno Mars? And- oh, yeah, okay, now that that actually, um, but I feel what you're saying, man, because yeah. that is like a callback. For me, when I hear that song, I'm like, oh, shoot, man. That's like some uh, stuff that we grew up on, man. Silk Sonic. That sounds actually good, man. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the singers, you know, for some reason, the music business, they only want a certain amount of singers. You know, the rest, everybody else is just eye candy. Well, you know, I just I just recently heard Raheem Devon and Apollo Brown, which is like my favorite uh, producer. Okay. They just did one called um, an album together because he that's what he does. He collabs, but it, it's a real good album, man. It's called Love He's- Struck. But he's okay. on that. He's on a Secret Garden. Look it up, Christian. Apollo Brown and Raheem Devon, bro. The whole album. Okay. Yeah, I, I throw he, that out there. He's on that. He's on that Secret Garden remix with them. Yeah, to me, man, Secret Garden is one of those songs, man. I mean, we can do it. We never, can do it. No, 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 I'm not. I'm talking about. I mean, like, like guys who are like out there in the in the in the realm of music business. That song That's like could never be touched at yeah. all. Right? Listen, I was I yeah, thought he pronounced, Miles, pronounced it for Kevon at one point. Yeah, yeah, either, yeah. That, either that or The Best Man I Can Be by Genuine and Tyrese and them. And RL. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, no, that, was a, that, was a, that was a nice song. That was on that uh, Best Man soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Milestone mm-hmm. will be a perfect song for us to sing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I listen to that. I listen to that. Such a man. I forgot. Oh, man. Oh, man. That was like the only time you had a super group like that. Soul Yeah, Soul Food. Soul Food, yeah. yeah. That's like the last, that's the only R&B super group I can think of. When you, I know you mentioned Secret Garden and it started clicking in my head. Wait a minute. What about Milestone? But, um, oh, I also thought Five Steps. Five Steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was your joint. That was was to you what, what 12 players to Corey. That's yeah. like you're looking at Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. These are the times in that tough. E- I mean, again, like I said, maybe the mature voice, it, it, it helps now. Well, you know, sure, we can't hit anything that we used to hit at 18, but that still doesn't mean that uh, certain I things. Think- you you got to adjust. It's like, think about it. It's like a pro athlete. The older you get, you have certain skills that decline. If I like, if you're a basketball so- player, if you can't dunk anymore, you've got to start hitting jump shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Milestone would be a perfect song for us to sing if we did. Um, 
Definitely. You, 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 you know, the, the stuff that you forgot, like, existed in life. <laughs> that was a song, like, I forgot existed. But look, and now, now, but now, like, I can hear it. I carry every single note. I, that was but look, 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 at, look at the Temptations. Look at the Temptations, right? When they came back together later on. And they had to work towards it. They had to work to get better. They had to work to be, you know what I'm saying? When, when they went to the studio and and David was like, you know, you should have stayed on us. My thing is, we can work towards to getting better. And then, you know, I mean, sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? Anything's possible. We're not going to say we can't be do a, do a cut together or come up with a song together. But <laughs> my thing is, you know what I'm saying? It just takes time, man. You know what I'm saying? Like It does. Because we got jobs and kids. <laughs> I, I was going to say, honestly, with all the advanced technology, sometimes all you got to do is record a track. And I have audacity, and we can always merge it together and always – sometimes you don't even have to be in place. And if you have somebody else that can just, like, thread everything with the, with the voice in the middle, that can thread everything, it, it works out. For example, like, you know, I know, Earl, you told us to, like, do, like, a, a snippet. Like, yeah. And, I man, I was, like, trying to find time to do a little snippet. <laughs> you know, like, maybe I can just do something when I'm on, you know, like, live. Because, like, you know, having time to, like, sit down and I live in a, you know, an apartment. So you got to find time to, like, okay, now I'm going to sing. And you start singing and you're like, man, that sounds like trash. I'm serious, okay. though. I'm going to start practicing listening to this song more. Okay. And I'm, I'm down. That was actually something I had to put on the list at the age of 40. Mm-hmm. One, write a, one, write a song or two, record something. But I mean, that's again, every pandemic pushed everything back. So I might have to make that the 41, but you know, that'd be something to do just to do that because. Hey, that'd be nice if we get a class reunion. We can even see in the class reunion. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's never going to happen then. <laughs> bro, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll never go back, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I can lie to you. I, I just never will go of, back. Part of me yeah. will want to go to the class reunion, but part of me would. Part of me would be Most like, names. see people I haven't seen in years. Um, but then part of me would be like, I, besides chilling with y'all, I really didn't enjoy my whole high school. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, besides football and chilling with y'all, my high school life was, it was what it was. I will say this. I wish I did the plays more in a high school because those were fun. The plays were fun. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I mean, just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have I mean, definitely been in the movies my damn self. I would have probably tried to do something different, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have definitely I would have definitely did completely different. Cause like stand-up comedy for me, man, when I do it, man, it's like I love it, bro. I mean, I actually did really well. Um, you know, just like believe it or not, I love bowling. I just bowl with like a, a PBA person, man. And it oh, was really he sounded Oh, Walter. I've heard of Walter Ray Williams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm on I'm on like my Facebook and stuff with him, man. Um and like I mean, I'm really good at bowling, and you know, even though it's like it's not like basketball or nothing, but you know, what I mean, yeah. it'd be crazy what you find out what you into. You know what I'm saying? Like as time goes on, time goes on. Never, some yeah, some I never thought that I would even like to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you find stuff later in life. I mean, you you never know. You you might get turned on to something, and it becomes interesting. I was gonna tell you guys. I mean, I've been trying now to get on another game show again, just because, man, it it is not as actually difficult as it was. I was trying to get on Beach Shazam. Oh no, uh, yeah, but or buddy, I was saying about that. You let me know. Let me know. I, me I, like I said, I, I, one thing I need to get y'all's numbers too, because like last time they were doing Beach Shazam, they said to increase your chances to get on. 
oh. invite multiple people and just have them available for a Skype call. And then they'll sometimes they'll pick the best two people work together. Because, you know, biggest thing I've learned is this. You want to have a personality. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Two, you have to have an interesting hook to why they should uh, they should pick you. Because the only problem is funny for every time I've been on a game show, things have changed. So when I did Sports Jeopardy, we were just talking about, oh, we like to travel and all this stuff. And then when it was Pyramid, it's like, oh, I want to win money to buy a house and we want to adopt. And then when I was doing, uh, when I did the chase, and it's like, well, we have a house now. I was like, now I just want to adopt because that's hard. And now, anytime I go on a game show, it's like, I don't have any hook anymore because we wanted the house. We wanted the kids. Guess yeah. what? They're all here. Now I'm just going to go, like, the, I'm going to be like those hipsters. Like, I want to build a downstairs podcasting studio in my basement. Or I'm going to say, we need a minivan because, you know, you're going to be carrying. When we travel down to Salisbury, we carry two dogs, my father-in-law, a kid, me and my wife. That's going to be enough space. You need a minivan, and you can win some money on that. So it's like, one, you got to have an angle. I never tell you all this story, but I had tried out for X, X Factor. Yeah. 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 I, I, I tried out for that, and I tried out for that. We were all sitting in the, in the I think it was the, the old Net Stadium in New Jersey. And oh. I was sitting on the right side of the basketball court. And then... But they started from the other end. They had to work themselves all the way around. And I remember sitting next to this guy who was like, I guess all he did was auditions. And he was like, well, guys, you know, that's it. Because they're starting from that side. And by the time they get around to us, they have well, all the need. So we're just basically here just enjoying time. So then I went out for The Voice. And they had us come up to, like, the, the we were in, I think we were in Jersey there, too. But we had to go up to each suite like a basketball suite and in each suite there was a producer and so there's been like 10 or 15 of us in that suite and so you had to get up and sing in front of the producer and so the way it works you got three stages and at the end of the third stage that's the person who goes on to the show mm-hmm. so i got up i did you know marvin Gaye, distant lover you know made through he was like, okay you stay you stay you know five of y'all y'all can go all right, now you, you know, father in here, you sing again. All right, you stay and you stay. So now it's down to two, the rest can go. Got down to me and this little girl, right? And I didn't have a, like Earl said, I didn't have a niche, you know? I wasn't, you know, some little, you know, smiley-faced girl, you know, right. with pigtails. So they were like, you know, you, you know, like Bobby Womack said, you know, you sound good, but you're not commercial. So like this little girl is so that like I was that close to get on TV. Wow. But like Earl said, you don't have a, a niche, they don't really want you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I made the TV uh America's Funniest Home videos. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. My jumping over to my grandma's bushes was after a funeral. <laughs> we uh, should have taped when 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 Tom ran into Earl's Earl's car that time. Yeah. But no, I made it. I made it to the. Um, my cousin Summer sent it in. <laughs> it, it aired on TV. Alfonso he aired it. I made it to the uh, semifinals and uh, finals, and uh, I didn't get selected, but it was a good laughter, and I made it. Yo, I think a lot of stuff we we had taped the stuff we did back when we were kids. <laughs> and That's my car. <laughs> <laughs> because when you say jump in the ditch, that same day Tom tried to jump the ditch on a little tricycle. 
<laughs> with the screen no. mask on. No. Hey, Tom. Last time, me and you, we pushed your mom's car out the driveway. <laughs> so, like, Tom was like, "Yo, you trying to go? You trying to go out?" I was like, "Yeah, where are we going?" He's like, "I don't know. Let's just go." So we like pushed the car out the driveway into the road. Hey, start. And came back. His mom had to go to work. Like she can't. Like we came back right before she went to work. Like it was the weirdest. I don't know how you pulled it off, bro. Like she was like, "Y'all not sleep." And Tom, I'm sitting there like, "Bro, your mom knew." <laughs> Good thing that 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 dent popped back into place. Yeah, when you ran into or Miss Alfreda with a like we took went up quite a few times. I lied to you. Oh man, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I, and that's not even the worst incident I had in the Buick where we had to drive through Berlin coming back to Newark. No brakes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just like the, there was a hole in the brake line. So every time we had stopped to to grab something, went to the dollar store to put the fluid in there and then just went all the way through and it's just like a big puddle. So we could not stop. This was an 88 red Buick. So imagine the other Buick, which was great. This one was red. I thought it the one red. you had was white. The one you almost killed us in in, in, in Berlin. White. Was that white? It was white one. The Cavalier? Yeah, when, when you just that red light. Like I said, it's not the first time I had to run a red light in Berlin. Yo, I, so it won't be the, it, well, probably will be the last now. I see but, uh, the car was like, yo, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that joke went in the air. <laughs> yo, the car was just, shoot, 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 shoot. Like I said, you know. Yeah, but like it, it, I'll be honest, man, if it weren't for Earl, man, I wouldn't have had, my first job was with him, man. And, Yo, if we went for Earl, our whole senior year, because yeah. we had no car. Man, Earl, Earl, Earl you car. was the, you was the man, brother. Yeah, we were going to Earl. You got to thank my mom for giving me a car. Yeah, <laughs> we should have joined. Because that way, I wouldn't have to rely. I wouldn't have to rely on my sister or anybody else. Uh, like I said, I had the. It was that gray Buick, and then it was the Cavalier, and then like the I jelly, said, honestly, the jelly donut. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, what would you think it would be like if we were all roommates in college? Oh. Well, I would have definitely liked better than my freshman roommate. I, I will leave it at that because we're trying to be I, have growth in and get past stuff. But I was, uh, I was very wild, very wild. Uh, we all had every each of us like uh, were kind of wild, but we had levels. Like you and Thomas were like on a different level than me and Earl. Me and Earl were more subdued. Right. You know, you and Thomas were like y'all wanted to like hit every college experience at the time. <laughs> Some of that wasn't good. <laughs> I, I know, well, here's my thing: my I was just not yeah. built for that stuff. Like I went to a tall party. I went. It got closed after 15 minutes. And I just I went to a basement party. I just it was not my thing. I tried. It's one of those things I tried and I couldn't do it, and it's just not me. And I'd be lying to myself, and I would be a very unhappy person going to those things because it's just, I just did not fit the you scene. Know what's funny, you know what's funny though. Even though we all live in different parts of the campus or even whatever, whatever, no matter who we met, they were like, Do you know Christian? Do you know Thomas? Do you know Earl? Do you know? It was always like, you know, Corey? It was always people knew us. You know, the weird thing was, we all never went to a party together. I think yeah. I went to a party with Corey. Yeah, I don't think I went to a party with, with Tom me, and Earl. Me and I went to like three parties. I went to four parties. I can count it. Four parties. No, five. See, the night before graduation, I went to this one that we're having at uh, Arden's Run, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. Uh, and I just went back at four o'clock to go to sleep to wake up at seven to get ready for graduation. Me and Christian <laughs> always went to parties together, and we always had each other's back at parties. Yeah, yeah. I think those tall parties, they were kind of crazy. I never went to the basement. Um, yeah. Tommy. I went to one basement party. I, one, I didn't care, and two, I wasn't impressed. It was I too just, hot in there. 
this is what happens when you have a bunch of black folks together. It's collective heat. That's all it is. We, park, hold on. Then I park my car and I'm like, okay, I got to back in because it's only one way in, one way, in, way out. And I'm sitting there like, it's hot in this joint. And I'm around with there following this girl because she was like, yeah, come to the tall, come to the basement party. I go to the basement. I'm happy because I'm chilling with her. I'm sweating. I, I mean, I'm not even dancing. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just standing there. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. We didn't go to party. We went to Ocean City together. We would go to 45. Oh, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah, 45. Uh, I got to a point. I'm like you. I got to a point where you kind of went to one. Like, you went to all. Christian became our road dog after, like, like yeah, like, like me and Thomas always chill together, roll together. But like Christian, like in college, like you became my, 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 like yeah, you were. I was I like, mean, Yo, Christian, you going? You be like, yeah, yeah, you come pick me. I got you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it got to a point. Like Earl said, you know, like when life starts to kind of pull you, and you're like, ah, you know, you know, you just start to like say, like, you know, cause especially every party was a fight, which irked me because. I'm like, you got all these people here, all these nice ladies here. You know, every party that I can remember I ever ever going to, you mess with a fight. Yep. You know, somebody was fighting yep. for dumb reasons. You know what I mean? Yep. Either it's so, DC Baltimore or something else. Or, PG. It's, it's, and, and, and me living in PG, I'm like, how can y'all be hard? Like, y'all got mommy and daddies. <laughs> you know, y'all got cars freshman years. Like, how can you be hard? <laughs> it's like hearing the people from Baltimore talking about how we have an accent and their accent is worse than ours. <laughs> it was. It was. There was no way. And like I said, I had many people say, where are you from? PG? You from? No, no, I'm just from the Eastern Shore. Because I honestly admit I don't have the regional dialect. I don't. Did, Not did at all. Go, did you go any parties, Tom? I don't, I don't know if you ever went to parties. No, I didn't. I'm not saying yeah. with Thomas. Like, I was like, going to call a party. Like, I'll see, you know. HRM kept them busy because I have a friend who was HRM, and like I said, that was a cool thing when they did the dinner theater. We just he I'd help him. He'd load my car. We right. we'd take him back to clusters and eat because that was yeah. that was the one benefit of having friends with H- who are HRM. Hey, you and well, me, throw that crap. crap right in the trash. I would do <laughs> something else, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I just I don't have the love for it no more like that. No, yeah. I can understand it. You can get you can burned out by it. I mean, yeah, and, you and, and you can get disillusioned by it. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah, it, because because y'all were always working. I remember it used to be it used to be me, you, it used to be me, Earl, Christian, uh, and myself, and then Aaron from uh Wahai, Big Aaron. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. I was like, who? Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, Don, yeah. Robbie, they saying in um uh uh. uh uh, they were in the wick because I used to be over Dante's room with his um with his makeshift water up uh, with his makeshift water pipe water out of a slice yeah. bottle. Yeah, have you seen him now, man? Dante looks good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to all them raviolis and spaghetti. I'm proud of him, man. Like, 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 not, like, like, he's really Dante is really good, I will say that in, in our class, man, there are a lot of people, especially the girls, who are really doing some good stuff, like really crushing it. You know, April, April, April yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing April, man. God, sake, five, I, seen, I, I actually saw her one day when uh, me, my wife, and a whole bunch of friends were going to <laughs> Orioles game. I st- we stopped at the Wawa in Cambridge, and I saw her, and that wow. was like one time. And that was that's at least seven. That's probably seven, eight years ago. Yeah, cause we were all like, you know, we were all we had a pretty big group of friends, you know, that's you know going to high school and you know college, kind of. Messed all up, but like when I look at them, I see stuff on you know Instagram and Facebook. I'm like, man, they're really, you know, really, you know, nobody, nobody's slouching. 
Yeah, I, like, I see Jeff and Brian all the time, of course. So I see, yeah. I see Jeff Scott and Brian all, all Little the man time. Little man looks like Tom. He like he ready to go to sleep. He need to go to bed. <laughs> he like he ready to go to sleep. Yeah, I gotta put my girls' bed in the summer. So. I know, me too. Yeah, <laughs> you never go to the room though. So. But, uh, yeah, for real. Um, I thank y'all, man, for all the experiences I had with y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, I never could thank y'all enough for, for always being there for me. You know what I'm saying? Also, give me good suggestions when I was in my own mindset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to. We really got to like. Be, get serious about getting up and, you know, seeing each other, like, you know, visiting somewhere, you know, somebody, you know what I mean? And I know it's going to be hard, you know, a couple of months, buddy, you know, because you got the little one coming, you know, on the way. Like I said, you know, dollar appointments go from month, every month to every week to almost every day, almost every day, you know what I mean? So I know it'll be hard for you, but we really got to, like, you know, make it a, a better attempt. So I'm saying my father right now. Yeah, I mean, we're almost forty, bro. We're almost forty, so it's like we gotta stay in touch, man. Because like, definitely, you know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, you know, what I'm saying we we love each other, we care for each other, we worry about each other's well being. We're all proud of each other, so we definitely gotta make the time to get up for each other. Um, I'm definitely serious about the whole singing thing. If you are, I'm definitely am. Like I said, it's just about time management, but. I believe we can make it happen, you know. That was something else I was going to mention, but um, I was just thinking about this. One, I saw when they were doing Audition for the Voice, they could actually sign up trios. They could sign up a trio. I actually got signed up to do the voice, and it was like that whole span where I had tried out for Pyramid, I tried out for Beaches Am and and something else, and then I had signed up. I was like, what the hell? Do it. You only live once. It's Pyramid. And then that was right before the pandemic hit, and that was so it's 2020. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should do a trio. They only said trios, but they, I mean, they're probably, you could probably get a fourth person in. I mean, that's the thing. I saw that, because that was the first thing. You could sign up as an individual, or you could sign up as as a trio. And and they were having it right in Baltimore, right in the convention center. That was like last year. And they kept sending emails for the voice. And now you can, of course, do it at home. But well, let me know. I'm definitely down. Uh, another thing is you were just talking about, uh, you know, it's been 20 years since you graduated. What is, and we'll start whoever wants to go first. What would be something you'd tell yourself from 20 years ago if you had the chance to look at them face to face right now? 18-year-old you, looking at them, you found a way to go time traveling back to July 18th, 2001. Just finished high school, heading into your your freshman year of college 20 years ago. What would you tell 18-year-old you? Uh, it's probably what I tell my daughter when she goes to college. And that's is, uh, don't let fear, you know, stop you. Like me, I was a big, uh, I was a big person, whereas if it didn't look right, I I backed off without even experiencing it, you know, because fear is something that can, like Tom said before, you know, it can it's it, it'd be a biggest enemy because it's, it's you, you know, that's stopping you. And so I would tell myself, and the same thing I would tell my daughter is, man, you can't let fear stop you. Like, you know, the things that that make you afraid are the things that you should probably run, you know, head on and with all your, you know, intelligent thoughts and you know what all what you're playing, everything. Like, don't. That fear is the thing that's going to get you to where you need to be. You know, getting past that, through that door, is it's going to be the thing that opens up your dream. So if you're afraid of it, that's the way you should go. Corey, Thomas? I would tell myself, um, enjoy college 
but don't get caught up in the whole lifestyle of others. Um, and I say that because I was in college. And I say this respectfully. I was in college because of y'all, man. Like, I wasn't in college because of myself at first. I wasn't. Um, but then I wanted to be in college. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to say I did something that I thought I couldn't do. So when I hear Christian say about fear, it was the fear of finding my identity. And I didn't know who I was. I, I lost who I was at one point. I lost what I was going to school for and what school was about. I was, y'all know, I was doing everything. I was doing me. It wasn't helping me to become a better person or a better man. It was about reputation for me, I guess it was. And I mistreated some people. I will admit that I mistreated a lot of people. And I have apologized to some. Some don't want to hear it. Some said F you. Some said thank you for apologizing years later. But it's called growth, man. I had to apologize, and I did. And I got it off my chest because I felt like I needed to get it done. But at the same time, now that I have daughters, I'm like, I wouldn't want my daughters to ever get treated like that ever in their whole entire life, you know, for anybody. I wouldn't want my wife to ever experience that. I wouldn't want nobody to ever experience some things that I did and I'm not proud of. But I, I'm a better man today than I was then. So that's one thing I would say, I would tell myself is enjoy college, but get the job done first and find out who you want to be. Uh, Thomas, how about you? I mean, there's too much I would tell myself, man. You know, um, a lot of uh, deep stuff I would tell myself, but I guess the, the main things is I probably wouldn't have went to college, I'd be honest with you, um, because I found out later on that I didn't need it to do the things that um, I wanted to do. I thought for me, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking college. College is great, you know what I mean, if it's where you want to be. I found out later on down the road that I'm, I wanted to always be my own boss. I think college is more geared toward uh, you working for somebody, you know what I'm saying, which is not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's not. Um, but for me, I just always found that I was more of a trade type kid, I think. And I would have probably tried to work on my craftsmanship with my pen. You know what I mean? Somewhere down the line, I wanted to own my own business. You know, I wanted to be my own boss. You know what I'm saying? Make my own money. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about punching in and out on the clock. I don't do that now, but I still, you know, you know, you, you still work for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, probably would have told, just told myself, you know, um, you know what I mean? If you have something that you're good at, work on that and um, believe in yourself. Like, like Christian said, man, like, you know, we, we end up following other people's pattern because it's comfortable. And um, I think the best way to find success and to be successful is sometimes you got to get out of being comfortable. You got to get really, really uncomfortable. And um, it goes like, you know, one of those things, man, you just, you got to find your own path in life. And like, I just feel like I would tell myself that, you know, you got something you want to do, you focus on it. 
remember, keep God first and you push. You push with all you got because at the end of the day, I look at myself now. And that's funny you ask that question. I look at myself now and I always said, like, what if I would have did something this way? You know, what would the outcome be? Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't turn out. I didn't turn out bad. You know what I mean? I don't think none of us turned out bad at all. You know, we got roofs over our heads. We got good, respectable jobs. You know, we got family. But I always wondered to myself, like, if I had took a different path and if I would have focused more on something, you know, like the thing that I wanted to do, where would I have been at with it? You know, I could be where I'm at now, but I could also have been way better or, you know, doing what I really love. Because that's what life is, man. Like, you live to do what you love to do until you can't do it no more. And then you're gone. You know what I'm saying? Um, I probably would have just told myself, like, you know, you're not your father. You Thomas. That was Tony. You know what I'm saying? Um, do what you want to do. But like when you don't have certain role models in your life and stuff, you try to like borrow pieces. Yeah, you're borrowing from things that you exactly. That, yeah, and and they're not real things, you know. Exactly. I think all of us, you know, had that in some way. You know, following things of our fathers that we almost as kids put on like a pedestal. Yeah, you know, exactly. Dad was this, you know, you know. So you know, so I'm I'm trying to get or I want to ascribe to be like dad, you know, and if dad could tell me, you know, and, and he did later on, don't be me, be better. Because you know what's crazy, bro? Like, I didn't even know the times when, you know, I'm in high school and stuff. My brother, you know, who I found out who my brother and stuff was, they own a business right there in Ocean City, man. I never knew that. I never knew nothing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Until I got older, until like now. Later on. When I, when I finally met everybody, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, like, dang, man, like you guys knew I was here and didn't even. Didn't even come up like, hey, you know, I'm here. Didn't even a birthday card, not a graduation, not nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like, dang, man. And, you know, at some point in time, you almost torture yourself with it. You yeah, know, I, that's the truth, man. That's why I say that. It it's real. It's a lot. It's a lot of deep scar tissue, man. But like. My father's father was, I didn't, I didn't know my father's biological father until I was like eight, nine, ten years old. Like the man I know today is my father's father, you know, Reverend Kenneth Martin. That's my grandfather, still living, still breathing. You know, I'm 10 years old. Dad throws me a magazine. This man in this high-rise building with this, you know, three-piece suit looks like me. Dad, like, that's my father. I'm like, who is this dude? You know, he's like, you were born in November. He died in May. So you never got to meet him. And he did this, 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 and this. And, you know, we all grew up the same way. You know, we weren't poor, but we were just about poor. And there are times when I think, you know, what if he had known me, how different would life have been? Yeah. But ask yourself this, would you be you? And see, that's the torture part of it. Like, I love, you know, I look at my daughter and I'm like, I know that the role that I chose have to be, you know, tailored to me. And so I have to be doing something right if I'm looking at her, you know, just like your son, you know, all these things, good or bad, combinated to who we are, to where we are today. And, you know, you look at your son, he looks at you and you're like, okay, I had to do something right. You know, the shit was grimy in the past, but, you know, I can take that now, teach him because he's here. 
and if he's here, and that in itself is kind of a blessing. Yeah. 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 yeah that's how I look at it. You know, I, like I don't look at it as, hey, I could have been a trust fund baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, hey, I could have, you know, my grandfather gave Russell, Russell Simmons his first deal. Like, he put, you know, these are the breaks, you know, Christmas story, you know, uh, Curtis Blow, all of that was him. So I'm like, it's crazy. Oh, what if, you know, if he was, if he had lived just six months longer to see me, you know, even if he died a week later, my whole life would have been different. But I wouldn't have Morgan. I wouldn't have Heather. So it's like something had to work right. And I'll say this thing, like my father, you know, he, my real father was never in my life. I finally met him when I was like 26, 27, um, the first time. But my father, who I call father, who I call dad, and he lives in Baltimore now, but he's from Philly. But he played with the Delphine. You know, Christian, you know, I told you the story. He played with the Ozzy Brothers, played trumpet for them. He played with some other bands, stuff like that. Um, you know, he taught me a lot about music. He taught me things that I never knew growing up. And I always asked myself, what would I have been like if I didn't meet that man and be with my real father? And try to emulate who he was. Try to emulate who he was instead of trying to be a better man like the one that raised me. Because um, we're here, right? We're here and we have, I and mean, we all can say that we can wake up in the morning and look at our loved ones and go, you know, I'm blessed, you know, but those chapters in life that we had to swallow because they were so hard, you know, they turned into diamonds at some point because we, you know, you know, ain't none of us out on the street. I mean, we all have somebody who loves us, right? Mm-hmm. We all can wake up to somebody who says, you know, I'm down for you, whatever. And so that right there, you know, yes, I would have loved to <laughs> live in a, you know, in a high rise in New York City, you know. You know, but that's just not how I turned out. And for a while, I had to tell myself that because there were hard times. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, my mom was a teacher, but she raised three kids. Like, teacher salary don't really cover three kids. And so there were hard times, you know what I'm saying? that. And, and, and in those times, I would think about what if. But, you know, those hard times brought us here. And now we can instill them in the, the, the little ones that we have. Cause like we said, they're not going to know Snow Hill or... Ocean City, or the the horror of that chapter mm-hmm. of our lives, you know what I mean? Right. But what we can do is 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 is, 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 is kind of help them understand this is life, and this is, and I know how hard life is because I had to go through it. You know what I mean? So whatever you're going through, as your father, God has put me in that position years ago, so that when you come to it, I can guide you through it. And that's what we got to tell ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And one thing you were saying, Christian, you wonder what if, if your grandfather was alive. I always was a believer of this, whether you follow the same path, it all depends. But your system, I believe, will tell you, you, you will meet people, if not the exact same people, but people just like them because you know the people that you mesh with. You may not have met us. You would have met three other people just like us. You know, it could have been an exactly different scenario. I always say the same thing. Had I went to College Park instead of the UMES, I always wonder. I probably would have met. I mean, again, I was still been in touch with you guys, but other people I've met, I may not have met the exact same people, but I would have met people just like them because you have a sense of knowing people you relate to, people you can trust and people, stuff like that. It wouldn't be anything different. I mean, I don't think, 
you know, the, the, the names would have been different. The names and faces would have been different, but the, the same core values would remain. Well, and, yeah, but not, yeah. Yeah. And I also yeah. think uh, with my thing, I would tell myself 20 years ago, be more sociable. That's the one thing I, I feel like I missed out a lot on. I feel like I missed out on some of the stuff that Corey was able to do. <laughs> I feel like Corey did a lot of stuff that I want to yeah, do. And probably I did a lot of stuff that Corey probably would have semi been interested in. I don't know. But uh, but I, I see it like this. I, I feel like I missed a lot on being social. I, I always I know this when I was doing academic team, I was doing drama. It was really small group of people. And I regret that because I was I was doing an interview with a bunch of people I was on the academic team with. And I said, the one thing I do regret when we were down in Florida all those years when they were cheering on UMS and they were cheering on us. I wish I was more sociable. We we were too aloof. We kept to ourselves. And in hindsight, I was like, man, we were of the people. We were the people. And I don't feel like I fully responded to that. And I also would tell myself another piece of advice. Aim high because there's. I'll admit, and I try not to go through regrets and stuff like that. There's one career regret. I always wanted to get into being a sportscaster. I wanted to see if I could do it. I watch kids, these kids on WBOC now, and they are awful. And I think I could have easily done this. I had my own hangups about a business where it's superficial. You look at it superficial, uh, you know, you always think about that. Like someone with, who cares a lot more weight, they're not going to be as judicious and, and, as, uh, as media friendly as they would be. I mean, but then you have the Al Rokers, you have some of these other people that are heavier people that are on TV. And it's like, you know, if you got the personality, it shows. And, and those things can be fixable down the road. That I, was my one regret. I wanted, you know, I mean, I joke about it, but in, in high school, I wanted to be a producer slash actor. <laughs> I did, you know, that, but, you I did. Never, <laughs> but it wasn't that kind of acting. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. I, I was serious about it. Like, for real, like, I looked at how much money they make, but now with all the different diseases and stuff like that. I'm like, are you talking about that actor? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I already knew. I just, yeah, I already knew. I, I'm glad I didn't follow that role, but I was serious about it because I knew somebody that was in that field. I knew somebody that showed me a lot of money. He's like, well, yeah, I mean this much money off of, you know, our clip or, but, but, but then, like I said, learning all the different diseases and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't go into that route. But Well, like I said, these are all the things like good or bad. Like we've all had things that, you know, kept us up at night. We've all have gone through things that, you know, brought tears to our eyes and we had to question the universe, why this, we had things that were like the greatest thing that ever happened to us in our lives. But all those things, we have to look at them in perspective of who we are now and why we're here now. And all those things, like my wife always says, you will be able to tell Morgan about hardships in life that I may never have gone through. And she may come, you know, when you ask these things, why, why, why? You can tell your child when they come to you and ask you why. You have a direct knowledge of what it takes to get to point A to point B, because point A to point B ain't easy. <laughs> you right, know, right. There's, there's stuff all in it. Right. And right. so, you know, and so I got to put a butt on it, man. Like, you know, like I said, we're just here now to be God and lights for the little ones while we are still learning ourselves and achieving things ourselves. Like Tom talked about being a business, you know, working for your own. I'm the same way. Like I got, I never thought I would be the type of person where I wanted to be yeah. my own boss, but 
you know, now that I'm an adult and I see things clearly, I'm like, that's definitely what I want to be. Like, I don't want to be on my life working for someone else, you know, because that's not really, if we talk about wealth and getting knowledge and making things better, being your own boss is it. You know what I mean? 10 years ago, I would never thought that. I was still, you know, museums, a lot, you know, archivals, which is still what I want to do, but I also want to be my own boss. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys spending this time. I know the initial purpose would just sort of get back on the R&B thing, which is cool. And there's plenty of time to talk about that. There's millions no, this of uh, this you, but this it's sort good. of a bit of a cathartic th- therapy session when you think about it, when you look at it, you know, especially when there's a, the perception that black men don't do therapy. But that's a whole different story and a whole different mindset. But I, I mean, I always think this is good to reconnect and get back with each other. And I honestly think, and we can talk about this off air, but the idea of getting back together and doing something um, musically, I'd be all for it. We're all sort of in a place where we're all comfortable. And like I said, I know Thomas is eventually thinking about moving back north uh, and, and that yeah, will happen and that will make things a little yeah, easier. It's going to happen, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, um, it's probably going to happen January. So I'll be, yeah. my sister's in um, Bowie. Bad. That's like 10 minutes away. Yeah. I think she's been either buoy or, um, well, what did I tell you she was going, Corey? Because I know I told you. Uh, was it Gatesburg? It starts no. with an M. Um, God, what is it? It starts with it an starts, M. Yeah, she told Morgan? me the other day. She told me the other day. Uh, Morgan? I can't think of it, man, either. But I know she's across the bridge. Um, either buoy, she, she's she's in buoy. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly where, but she does like the medical stuff out there. She lost mad weight, bro. Yeah, I seen it. Oh, yeah, I yeah, saw. She don't. Oh, Jasmine's up here. Jasmine, yeah. Oh, she's on. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, she just moved. Yeah, I saw that. She just moved. And um, okay, she probably if she's on medical. She's probably PG. She's probably PG. Uh, somewhere, somewhere she is. Yeah. Like she told me to um, you know, she want me to come. I mean, I, I told her I was gonna go um, move back out toward that way because I'm the only one down here. Me and my little family, you know what I'm saying. So we gonna move up that way. Okay. Yeah, 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 we up here. We wait. I mean, you know, it's like, like Corey. You already like, know. Listen, you, you, you back here. You we're already between, know. We're between DC and Baltimore. We can we can meet you up. Know. We can meet up midway. We can meet up. You know, whatever. in the city. You know, you two are. Like, I don't know. I don't know. DC and Baltimore. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm like less than an hour away from. I'm about an hour plus away from Baltimore, and I'm like 90 yeah. minutes from DC. It's so. like an hour. Uh, it's it's, like an it's hour not even for me from Baltimore from where I'm at. Like an hour. Nah, yeah, that's because I'm with them. I live in Laurel. You 15 minutes from each side, baby. 95. All I got to do, do is get on 95 and Delaware straight shot down 95. Delaware to Baltimore is like, yeah, you know, like I said, 70 minutes. What I do that. I do that in my city. Bro? Uh, Newcastle. Yeah. I'm like, I can spit on Wilmington, basically. See, somebody already took the joke from it. But yeah, yeah, but I'm not that, I'm not even that far away from Wilmington. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Earl's yeah. more between Philly and Baltimore. Like the two yeah. big cities are Philly and Baltimore. Me, well, like it's, Tom, Tom, the minute you move back and you get settled, we got to meet up. You know, what yeah, you know, for sure, man. Florida's great, bro. It's a lot of you know, it's just heat and rain, man. You know, I'm not, I'm always used to like you know the the cold and stuff. I I don't mind it, but here, man, it's it's too flat, man. Yeah, I know that. The mindset down here, man, like once you talk to sometimes some of these people, man, you're like, what in the hell? Like, like they're they may look good, man, but the mind's gone. It's too commercial, bro. Like yeah. everybody wanna be like a Kardashian or something, man. You know, I hear that. I hear that. 
damn mouth with collagen and their butts is fake and you get caught up down here. It's like a little Vegas. Never trust, never trust a big button and a smile. And it's definitely poison. There's no beautiful black women here to me. No identity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, none. yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm like, look, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, but, you know, I'm like, yo, man, like, they're all, like, just. We, we live in, you know, me, Thomas, and Earl, to an extent, we live in a very pro-black cultural area. Like women walk around with the natural, they walk around with the with with the locks, you yeah. know, cut on the side. It's a culture thing that you know it's a bubble, but it's our bubble. So like I know what you're talking about, because down there, I'm sure it's like it's and, you know, and I'm going wrong. There's beautiful, there's beautiful people here, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just you know when I came, when I'm like, well, where are my sisters at, <laughs> bro? Like it's like they all hood, man. I mean, it's hood, man. <laughs> it's hood, hood. I'm talking about the nails like this. Ah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Like, with the, they walk out with the um the little uh knit caps. Oh wait, what is it? The shower caps, not the shower. Oh, bonnet, so, yeah, bonnet. bonnets, bro. But that's like out in public, bro. With, I mean, it is what it is, you know what I mean. But I'm like, dang, man. Yeah, come on, come on back, come on. Back. <laughs> yeah, the minute you come back, come on over. I'll light the grill up, let the smoke ready. <laughs> this man want to cook some some turkeys. <laughs> no, with Corey had to be salmon. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't. Hey, nothing wrong with salmon. Salmon's good. Yeah, I'm not. Hey, I mean, today, salmon. Today, I have all all the four. I have the four major food groups: fish, beef, pork, and, and chicken. Those are four major food groups. Today I did salmon, chicken, and and I did brats. I, I had a brat today. Ain't gonna lie, but I don't like. I don't drink. I don't smoke, man. I, you know, yeah, I, me I, either. That was never our thing. I I drink. Drink. And I say that, bro. Yeah, I say that probably, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> That's why I feel so good, man. I don't feel bad. I never feel bad. You know, we we are touching 40, man, but I, I don't even feel like I don't feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I same way, too. Same way, Tom. I, feel I, like feel I still play ball. You're only as old as you feel. Yeah, hey, that's right, Earl. That's right. Amen. And hey, bro, God. I want to tell you, too, Earl, man, I appreciate you doing this, man, like getting this all together, man, because yes. you, you are you are, you're a good dude, man. Yeah. Dude, man. I've always thought that. Um, and, uh, and I, oh and yeah, Earl was always the brains of the group. Yeah, you were, were, you were, you were, smart. You were, you were. You will always be successful, man. Yeah. Earl would be speaking class, you. and my mom would be like, "Earl, what's the question? What's the answer?" He wake up, he give you the answer. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Not you make us think, and I yeah. and I always say that, and I say that respectfully. You make us think because, like, you'll have an answer, and then we're sitting there like, "How do you come up with that?" That makes us think more. Because I never forget that. Yeah, I never forget that. Yo, you, you be in class and knocked out, and you knew all the answers. And I'd be like, "Why? <laughs> what is going on?" If I actually studied, I I know it. Other times, now, now if you could have done, now if you could have went to class for me in college, that would have been like I said. Certain classes, it, it takes me a while to. It takes me a while to. If I my study thing like this, if I cram, I, I'm I'm good for only 15 minutes for studying because it then all of a sudden just starts disappearing, just like. It just like fades away because if, if if it isn't something I'm not interested in, I used to finish my class from like when I was doing communication class. I finished my test in like 15 minutes because yes. I knew it and I was interested in it. Because if it's something you're interested in, you will you will you will know it inside and out. That's Earl, all. Yeah, Earl, I you- love art. I love art history, and I was good at it, but I never got a test done in 15 minutes. <laughs> like 
if I knew if I knew it inside and out, if I knew it inside and out, boom, boom, boom. It's it's not. I wouldn't. And I always say this. I don't think it's about. Believe me, they're smart and they're genius level. I know nothing about rocket science. I know nothing about biology. I know nothing about that. I I can retain some memories, good enough to win me some money on a on a on a game show. But other than that, I'm like I said. I don't know what makes rockets go and all that other stuff. That's out of my pay grade. It was great to talk with Thomas. Christian and Corey again, and they'll be some of the people I'll be leaning on when it comes to my impending fatherhood. I'll also keep you up to date on their musical pursuits in the near future. Next time, my guest is Dante Finney, who will be coming on for his fourth appearance. We'll talk about his move back from Florida to his native Maryland, the importance of having a positive mindset, and much more. All episodes of The Sports Refuge can be found wherever podcasts are heard, including Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, as well as on the Sports Refuge website. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of these apps and leave a mention, which we'll read on a future episode. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.